It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There, and uh, you can ask questions, you can make comments, you can just uh, chat with the other folks Recorded? in there. You don't have to ask anything. Well, there you have that. And then, oh, yes, there is one way if you want to contact me directly. Just, you know, me, you, and the NSA, and whoever they share things with. We'll see that. My screen name on Instant Messenger on Yahoo is A-V-R-N Talk. All right, well, there you go. You know, oh, yeah, and Melissa did mention that I am working on a mobile uh, site, and I am uh, uh, doing that. It's coming along pretty nice. It's kind of a new thing for me because, uh, well, I didn't know how to make a mobile site or a mobile-friendly site or whatever they want to call it, Um, but... I figured it out. Anyhow, trying to get this uh, one article here because it appears that, well, the usurper is going to start breaking the law once again. That's right. A newly leaked internal Department of Homeland Security memorandum produced for an off-the-record agency conclave reveals that the Obama administration is actively planning to circumvent a federal court injunction that suspended part of last November's deferral-based amnesty initiative. The document, apparently prepared as a follow-up from a DHS regulations retreat last summer, appears sure to reignite concerns in Congress as well as federal judges in the Fifth Circuit. The administration has already been criticized from the bench for handling, handing out work permits to hundreds of thousands of deferred action beneficiaries in direct violation of a district court's order with the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals deciding any day now whether to deny the administration's request to reverse that injunction, this public leak has come at a critical juncture for U.S. enforcement policy. Last June, four months after Texas federal judge Andrew Hannon's order to freeze President DAPA and expanded DACA programs. These are all fancy names for he's breaking the law. These are not congressional laws. This is just something this jerk in the White House has come up with and decided to do. Disclosure. The Immigration Reform Law Institute has filed briefs in these cases. DHS's immigration policymakers apparently held a regulations retreat to discuss different options for open market employment authorization document 
regulatory changes. EAD is the statutory term for work permits. From a memo recording these discussions, we now know that the Obama DHS has, rather than pausing to allow the courts to assess the constitutionality of its enforcement nullification initiatives, been gearing up to roll out one or more of four plans, one or more of four plans drawn up at the meeting, each one designed to provide EADs to millions of non-immigrants, including those lawfully present and visa overstayers, crippling the actual employment-based visa system on the federal statute book. The internal memo reveals four options of varying expansiveness with option one, providing EADs to all individuals living in the United States, including illegal aliens, visa overstayers, and H-1B guest workers, while option four provides EADs only to those on certain unexpired non-immigrant visas, meaning you're here on vacation or you're here for medical treatment or something like that. Giving EADs to any of the covered individuals, however, is in a direct violation of Congress's Immigration and Nationality Act and works to dramatically subvert our carefully wrought visa system. See, now, wait a minute. If what they're going to do is in direct violation of Congress's Immigration and Nationality Act, that is a crime. You are usurping Congress's authority. You are, I mean, we call him a usurper for a reason. He's a usurper. He's in the office of president acting like king. Like, hey, I don't care what Congress's laws are. I'm going to put out memos and I'm going to tell my agencies not to, not to worry about those laws, not to enforce those laws. As a matter of fact, we're going to come up with Oh, well, we can't make law, so we'll call them regulations that completely circumvent the law of the land. That's what this piece of garbage is doing in the White House. And he's not smart enough to do this himself, folks. Okay? That Iranian chick, Valerie Jarrett, is behind this. Why? Because she wants to absolutely destroy America. That's why... Why? Well, why not? America's a Christian nation. She is a Muslim. You know? This isn't this isn't about politics and culture. Okay? Politics and culture are simply being used as weapons, tools if you will. That's all. They're just using politics. They're just using culture. They're just using all these things, and yes, it's going to destroy America, but what people like Valerie Jarrett and Barack Hussein Obama are really all about, and that evil demon called Hillary Clinton, what they are all about is destroying Christianity, wiping the Father from the earth. That's what they're all about. That is the bottom line. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, I don't really care. Because, hey, you know what? You don't have to believe it. Just like you don't have to believe, hey, if you fall out of an airplane without a parachute, you're going to hit the ground and die. You don't have to believe that. 
you can believe you can fly probably for a few minutes till you hit the ground. Then you're going to find out for that split second, oops. And that's the case here, too. We can look at culture. We can look at law. We can look at politics. We can look at economics. We can look at all these things. All those things are tools. Tools. To bring down Christianity. The media. All of it. This is a spiritual battle. And that's what's going on. That's the bottom line. I mean, really, if you think about it, God couldn't make it much more obvious. He put a Muslim in the White House. And anybody who says this guy's not a Muslim is an idiot. Is a moron who hasn't looked at the paperwork. You know, hey. I can produce that I saved on my computer. His elementary school records in Indonesia. Where it says right on it. He's a Muslim. There's all kinds of clips of this guy going, Oh yeah, the most beautiful sound is that nasty crap music coming out of those mosques. Oh yeah. Really? Then there's in his book. Well, you know, if the political winds turn against the Muslims, he's standing with the Muslims. Then there's there's his foreign, foreign policy. I mean, how much more do you need? Huh? And if you think, well, he can't be a Muslim because he's a homosexual, well, I got bad news for you. You want to see a perverted bunch of freaks? Go look at the royal family of Saudi Arabia. Go look at the royal family of Kuwait. Okay? Go look at some of these rich Muslims selling oil over in the Middle East. You want to see perversion? Folks, they buy people. Okay? They buy people. They buy little boys and little girls to have sex with them. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's what's going on in the Muslim world. And why not, folks? Why not? Muhammad was a fraud. Muhammad married a six-year-old, for crying out loud. Why is this a surprise that Muslims are pedophiles? And if they can be pedophiles, why not homos? Anyway, that's what's going on with DHS and, uh, what's his name? Obama. You know, and I, I really hate to just say Obama because, you know, I know he's just a puppet. He always has been. Do you know how long he's worked for Valerie Jarrett? He worked for Valerie Jarrett before he was married to Michelle or Michael or whatever it is. And she did, too. They both did. And now Valerie Jarrett is the chief advisor to the president. Oh, sure. Now he's the boss, right? Uh Uh-huh. After a lifetime of her being the boss, now it's just flip rolls, you're the boss. I don't think so. I don't think so. And you know what? Even if technically that may be so, okay, let's put you in this position. Let's just say you've got a mentor. All right? You've got a mentor from when you're a young man, and you have this mentor your whole life. This mentor actually facilitates you being married to your 
whatever it is. And now you get this really big time swell job and you get to you get to hire your mentor as an advisor. Who's in charge? Huh? Really, who's in charge? Well, I'll tell you who's in charge. Your mentor is in charge. Even though you maybe can say, no, I don't want to do that. And you you might be able to make it stick. But generally speaking, you're going to go along with your mentor. Or you would have dumped your mentor years and years and years before. Okay? So Valerie Jarrett is pulling the strings of Barack Obama. The question is, who pulls her strings? That's that's the that's the $64 question. Who pulls Valerie Jarrett's strings? Who gives her her marching orders so she can chasse herself into the White House and say, "Hey Brock, this is how it's going to be." Well, here's another thing that this this really does affect everybody in America and going to be the world here soon. GMO makers, their puppets in academia, and the New York Times. With a debate raging over whether genetically modified organisms are safe, it seems reasonable that people would look toward the media, academia, and scientists for answers. But major biotech companies like Monsanto, Bayer, and Dow know this too, and seem to be engaged in an effort to rig the results. GMOs are produced by recombined Recombinant DNA technology, how it works, sounds like science fiction or something out of a horror movie. Imagine, genes from an insecticide are inserted into the genome of the corn plant, thus producing a crop that resists insects. Now, wait a minute, that sounds very nice. A crop that resists insects, why, that's cool. Except for the fact, why does it resist insects? Because it has insecticide inside of it it produces insecticide the insecticide is made from the protein of a bacteria closely related to anthrax and it works by making the guts of the insect explode now okay so there we are and that's pretty gross and that's pretty graphic and all that but let's look around a little bit okay now look We know, hey, these are just little insects, and it doesn't take much, you know, it takes a lot less insecticide to kill them than it would us, right? But did you hear how it works? Okay? Did you hear how it works? It makes the guts of the insect explode. That means first it has to expand, then it explodes. Let's look around America. Let's go look in the mirror. I can look in the mirror. I can see, man, I got a big gut here. I mean, I'm not that fat everywhere else, but I got this gut. And then I go downtown, and I see 80% of anybody over, like, 30 has that same gut I got. And I just thought, well, you know. It's the crap food we eat, and it's the fact that we all sit around watching TV, you know, playing on computers. But now, there seems to be something else going on. Hmm. 
making the guts of the insect explode. So the rest of your body's not fat, but your gut is. What does that mean? Well, something's expanded in your guts. Could it be this insecticide that you have taken cumulatively over the years of eating GMO stuff has started to make your guts get bigger, to swell up? On their way to exploding, of course, but, you know, we got a ways to go on that, I guess. Well, I don't know. I've seen some people downtown that they seem pretty close, but this is kind of a this is kind of worrisome, don't you think? Anyway, critics such as the Center for Food Safety say that GMOs are insufficiently tested and may be dangerous. There are high-profile campaigns in three western states to label GMOs as such, so that consumers can know what they are buying and eating. At the same time, food businesses have been scrambling to ban or remove the warning labels. Now, wait a minute. If GMOs are so good, why don't you want them labeled? Are GMOs dangerous? For answers to such questions, we normally turn to reputable scientists associated with reputable universities. Surely we can trust them to give us objective information. Or can we? It turns out that the biotech heavyweights like Monsanto, Bayer, et al. have been paying reputable people from reputable institutions to swing the debate in their favor. Yeah, a treasure trove of emails obtained through Freedom of Information Act requests by a U.S. nonprofit and acquired by the New York Times reveals that academia is infested with professors who are paid to vigorously promote GMOs on behalf of the biotech industry, which also includes trade associations such as CropLife America. And some academics have even sabotaged the efforts of others to publish facts that contradict the claims of these professional shills. Quote, we are badass shills for the truth. It's a pleasure shilling with you. Or, as Folta himself put it, I'm glad to sign on to whatever you like or write whatever you like. Wow. But to learn how deep the problem goes, you would need to find the links to those emails and did and dig through layer upon layer of them. Of course, if you don't have time for that, you can always rely on the New York Times to give you the low down on the big foods propaganda efforts. Or can you? The Times, whose motto is, all the news that's fit to print, has published a curiously tame and seriously incomplete version of what is buried in those emails. Fit to print? On the front page of the September 6th copy of the New York Times appears Food Industry Enlist Academics and GMO Lobbying War email show. The emails themselves are presented in the electronic version of the paper in a sidebar. At first sight, the Lipton articles is impressive. He exposes a number of individuals from various institutions, but focuses mainly on Kevin Folta, chair of the Department of Horticulture at the University of Florida. Folta secretly took expenses and $25,000 of unrestricted money from Monsanto to promote GMO crops. And Lipton reports a damning quote showing 
Volta's close relationship with Monsanto, something he had previously denied. Quote, I am grateful for this opportunity and promise a solid return on the investment, Folter wrote after receiving the $25,000 check. Wow, these guys, thank you, mister. You're really going to get a real good time tonight, man, after you get, you know, twenty-five grand, you bet, because this guy's nothing but a prostitute. Lipton also mentions... Folta's participation with other academics in a website run by the biotech industry, GMO Answers, a PR firm hired by the industry, provided questions from the public such as, Do GMOs cause cancer? But as Lipton reports, Catchem, the PR firm, did more than provide the question. It also provided answers, which Folta used nearly verbatim. No scientific misconduct? Hmm, let's see. In the scientific community, none of this was exactly news. These basic facts had already been revealed in leading scientific journal Nature by uh, Keith Clore, who also had access to the emails. It is odd that this was the first reported by this was first reported by Clore, a pro biotech journalist who works for pro biotech publisher. Or perhaps not so odd, given that Core went on to state that the emails do not suggest scientific misconduct or wrongdoing by Folta. Sure, of course not. I'll write whatever you want me to write. Just give me the money, and there's the check for 25000 bucks with a little thank you note saying, hey, you can count on me. You're going to be happy with the, uh, you know, what I write for you. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that, huh? Really? Even after Folta was on the record as denying he had received any biotech funding. And this proved that he did. Well, there's nothing, no misconduct there. Not disclosing such funding is definitely considered scientific misconduct. So why did Clore rush to exonerate him? Was Clore's story a preemptive strike to defuse the issue of wider biotech corruption? Hmm? Well, you know, folks, I mean, look... I think it's it's clear that GMOs are dangerous. Okay? And, and why can I say that with such confidence? Well, because insects that eat them die. All right? All right. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, doesn't that kind of you know, set you back a little bit? All right, look, there's other living things that eat this, and they die. What makes you think that you get to eat it, hmm? Well, well, they've been using pesticides for, uh, you know, 50 years, 100 years, or whatever it is. They've been using pesticides for a long time and never... Yes, but you see, those pesticides used to be sprayed on food. And then you could wash your food. You know, you could rinse the pesticides off. And yeah, I'm sure some got soaked into the skin. You could even peel your vegetables if you felt, you know, you know, you needed that extra bit of safety. But now, the insecticides are part of the actual genome of the plant. See, that's different, folks. 
That's different. I mean, I don't know how to explain it really, but it, to me it's like the difference between giving you, a, okay, an apple that's been sprayed with pesticide on the outside, and wow, that's not, it's probably not going to be good if you, you don't wash it. You might get sick. But the difference between that and the apple itself being the poison seems to be quite a different story, okay? And the main thing about GMOs is other living things eat it and die, okay? Now, think how much bigger you are than an insect. How many insects would it take to make up your body mass? thousand maybe let's say a thousand okay well if one of those insects eats that plant and it dies well i'm sure they've got it just enough so the insect dies and they don't overdo it but what if you eat a thousand times what that insect eats Aren't you getting the same thing? And then we go back to the guts exploding thing, and we look at around at everybody's big fat bellies. That's where they keep their guts, remember? And it seems to me that they are expanding, maybe on their way to exploding. I don't know. But I'm a little concerned. Anyhow, we'll take a break. We'll play Stump the Room, and we'll be back in just a bit. Bye. 
that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still Monday, November 2nd, 2015, about 842 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. I don't see any guesses in the chat room, so you better hurry because I'm going to give out the contact information, then I'm going to give the answer to stump the room. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. 800-932-1980. You can also go to the chat room. You can find out everything that's going on in there. Or ask questions, make comments, bring news stories, whatever. TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com is where you will find the chat link. Click it. Get on in there. You can just chat with the other folks in there, too. That's okay. And if you have Yahoo Instant Messenger or get it, you can contact me directly with that. My screen name is AVRN Chat. No, Talk. AVRN Talk. Sorry. Had chat on my mind there for a second. Okay, well, there has been a couple of guesses on the band, bands. But in this case, it's one band because uh, both songs were by the same band. And, uh,. The guessing is over now because I'm going to tell everybody who it was. I like the second one there, especially. Uh, it's a song named Superbird. And uh, the first one was Flying High. And they are both by Country Joe and the Fish. You know, one, two, three, what are we fighting for? Yeah, well, if you remember that song, same, same group. Anyhow... There you go. And yeah, somebody mentioned, wow, 60s throwback. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, I like it. So, hey, starting the week 2-0. Yay. All right. Oh, I mentioned this earlier. I don't know if I want to do this again. Uh, Did this one here about, uh, you know, the medical thing with these uh, illegal aliens. You know, it's putting a... I mean, look at what Obama has done. And, and, you know, it was... I can't completely blame 
Obama, because where the medical industry really started to fall apart, really started to go downhill. And I, I, you know, I hate to keep bringing up this guy because I know he's a hero for some of you out there. But, you know, you really got to deal with the facts rather than, you know, wow, you know, I, you know, okay, look, you're going to have to just start looking at Ronald Reagan like you do any other movie actor. Okay. Now, look, you might go see a movie and you might like the character. Okay? He might be a great character, a nice character, do wonderful things as that character. But you see, he's a character in a movie. He's not real. What he's doing isn't real. It's all just fantasy. He might go home and beat his wife and screw the neighbor's dog for all you know. In his real life, he's an actor. It's a character. Look at Ronald Reagan like that. Yeah, he gave great speeches. He looked very presidential. But his policies have basically set the stage for this nation's destruction. And yet another incident of this is the medical in America. Before Ronald Reagan, medicine in America was known to be the best in the world. What happened? Yeah, you know, a lot of you want to go, hey, Hillary Clinton tried to ruin Hillary Clinton. Yeah, Hillary Clinton went a little too fast. They weren't ready yet. Ronald Reagan, with his deregulation, see, that was the key word. We hate big government. We don't like government. Like Ronald, the bobble-headed idiot, would say, Oh, the four scariest words is all from the government. I'm here to help you. Well, that's very cute because we all agree with that. We all know that. We can all nod our heads and go, yeah, that guy really gets it. Boy, what a guy. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, while he's telling you I'm from the government, I'm here to help you is the scariest words ever, and we need smaller government. We need this and we need that. We're going to deregulate. Everybody goes, yay, deregulate. We don't like regulations. Too much regulations. Except what regulations did he get rid of? Did he get rid of any regulations for you? I mean, some of you live in places where they tell you how high your grass can get, how tall your fence can be, what color your house can be. Do you feel deregulated, do you? What he deregulated was the antitrust laws. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can own a. You can own anything. Anything you can afford, you can own now. You can afford a president, you can have one. They privatized all the hospitals. But a corporation isn't private, okay? It's corporate. Private is you. Corporations, there's nothing private about a corporation. And what Reagan started, he allowed all the privately owned hospitals, most of them, most of them, were not for profit. Meaning, sure, everybody got paid. You know, doctors got good salaries, nurses got good salaries, everybody got a salary that worked there. The lights stayed on, the equipment that was needed to be bought was bought But at the end of the day, there were no stockholders sitting at their little laptop waiting for their check to come in every month for doing nothing like there is now, now that they're HMOs. Yeah. 
Can you imagine? You don't have to be a genius to imagine how that could destroy a health care system, huh? Where, hmm, patient care all of a sudden starts getting trumped by profits? Yeah, what? How could that hurt anybody? Huh? How could that hurt anybody, right? Well, what could go wrong with that idea? Yeah, well, you can look around and see what's gone wrong with that idea. Now you have illegal aliens flooding the system and choking it. And these for-profit corporations that run these hospitals somehow got it in their little heads that, oh, anybody comes in an emergency room, we've got to treat them. All right. Uh... Unless they've changed the law, that's not the law. The law says you have to treat somebody who has a life-threatening situation. And once you stabilize them, not cure them for life and send them on their merry way, but stabilize them, meaning their life is not in immediate danger, they got to leave. But hospitals have taken it on, and it's mostly tradition, because, you know, when hospitals were not concerned with profit, that was just what they felt like they needed to do. Look, if anybody comes to the emergency room, just see them whether they can pay or not. But now the problem is they're stuck with this expectation from everybody that, hey, I've got a sniffly nose, I'm in the emergency room, and I don't have any insurance, so let me see the the, uh, $12,000 doctor and, uh, you know, let them give me some over-the-counter cold medicine. And then the hospital just rings up this $12,000 bill and eats it. Well, guess what? Somebody's got to pay for that. Guess who? That's right, all you folks out there with insurance. Why do you think, oh, um, by the way, uh, yeah, all your insurance premiums are going to go up 800%. Sorry about that. But this is really best for everybody. You can feel good that you're taking care of the underprivileged. No, you're not. You're taking care of the HMOs, stockholders. You're taking care of the insurance companies, stockholders. The scumbags driving Mercedes with their little laptop, just playing on the uh, you know the uh, stock market all day long, making money for nothing. You're taking care of them. You're buying their Mercedes. You're not taking care of the underprivileged. Let's get on to something else here. Undeniable Social Security demographics. See, this is is a picture of a Ponzi scheme coming to an end, is what this is. And, you know, it was a Ponzi scheme. It's lasted a really long time. But you see... This is, a, this is, I'm telling you, economics, and look, the president has said so. Congressmen have said so. Well, these uh, all these uh, aliens, all these invaders are going to be really good for the economy. It's going to be really great for the economy. It's going to be good for the economy. And everybody's looking around going, what in the hell is he talking about? They're taking our jobs and working for half as much money as we used to get. How can that be good for the economy? Well, that's not the economy they're talking about. Folks, you having a job, you being able to pay your bills, they don't give a damn about you. What they're talking about, the economy, is their economy, their stock market, their deal, 
their little scam so they can borrow more money. What do they need? See, they've got their own little Ponzi scheme going on. Social Security is not, you know, this, this big albatross horrible thing that they make it out to be. If Congress had not robbed Social Security, Social Security would be flush with money. It would have ebbs and flows of, uh, you know, demographics changing, people getting older. Oh, now people are younger. Oh, less people are working. Now more people are working. It would be able to handle that because it would have a big buffer of cash. But Congress saw that big pile of cash and they couldn't keep their grubby little paws off of it. So they stole it all and replaced it with IOUs. And now they're in a jam. Because it's coming time to pay some of this, and they don't have the money. They have the money, but they want to spend it on aircraft carriers and failed fighter jets. And, hey, $400,000 helmets. Yeah, that's what they want to do. They don't want to give you any Social Security. They want to just say, well, we're going to have to raise everybody something because uh, this is out of control, and there's too many old people, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, but their solution. Yeah, that's right. Unrestricted immigration. That's right. Because every one of these people in their little dream world, see, they figure, all right, so let's say 40 million illegals. Let's just play fast and loose with the numbers here and say half of them are going to go get jobs. Okay? So, okay, so you got 20 million now. 20 million more people paying into Social Security. Ooh, that gives that a little more time. Then you got the other 20 million. What are they doing? Well, they might not be working, but they're getting credit card applications. And they're getting those credit cards. And they're signing their name on it. And they're creating debt, which is an asset. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. But that's the way it works. They need need illegal immigration in order to keep propping up their phony economic system. I'm telling you. Anyway, what are the consequences for Social Security in an economy where fewer and fewer workers have a job? And in the tax burdens that come to comply for Obamacare coverage... And it is difficult to see where all the needed new employment will come from to keep funding the government Ponzi scheme. Government apologists will just compose a new Washington two-step routine to dance around empirical facts. But just maybe part of their next choreographed dance will be to allow even more illegals to pay into Social Security so that the transfer system can continue. Here's a little picture here. In 1950, there were 16 workers paying for every beneficiary. All right? 16 workers paying for every beneficiary. So, let's say you were getting 500 bucks a month on Social Security. There were 16 people contributing to get you that 500 bucks. What is that? Gosh, I don't even know what that is. Now, today, there are 3.3 workers paying for every one beneficiary. Wow. 
That's getting a little tough. And now, look here, they say when younger workers retire. Now, I don't know when that's going to be because we're already at 3.3. But when younger workers retire, there will only be two workers paying for every one beneficiary. So now what that means is if you were getting that two hundred you know, that five hundred dollar check in nineteen fifty and sixteen workers were contributing to get you that five hundred bucks, now there's only gonna be two workers and they're gonna have to pony up two hundred and fifty bucks a month just to keep you alive. Boy, won't that be fun, huh? In the essay, another government Ponzi scheme starts to crack. He says, quote, there are simply too many people cashing out at the top and not enough people paying in. Traditional Ponzi scheme failure, even with the government's coercion. That's a function of demographics, but also the economic reality in which there are fewer people with quality jobs for the government to sink its fangs into. I expect both of those trends to increase and strain the system. Actually, it's already starting to happen. Recently, the government announced that there would be no Social Security benefit increase next year. That's only happened twice before in the last 40 years. And what are they going to do? They're going to raise, oh, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to, uh, you know, get a lot older before you get any uh, Social Security. That's great, you know. I'm telling you, folks, you know, this is a spiritual war. I told you that at the beginning. I'm telling it to you again because go check your Bible. Your children are going to want to kill you. You know why they're going to want to kill you? I can think of lots of reasons why they'd want to kill you. Once they find out what you've done, once they find out, oh, you sit there, Grandpa, cashing your nice big fat check, sitting on your butt, rocking in your rocking chair while I'm out here with no job, no place to live, and no future because you spent it all, Thanks, Grandpa. I think I'll just put a knife right in your forehead. That's biblical, folks. Not exactly in those words, but hey, it's that thought that counts, and that's in the Bible. They're bringing it to bear, folks, and you know, a lot of it's our own doing. But here we go. One last thing before we go. Well, for now, I'll be back with Dean. The U.S. intends, quote, direct action on the ground supporting ISIS. Wow, what could go wrong with that? I mean, the Russians are in the process of, uh, you know, eliminating ISIS. Hmm, what, what could go wrong with that? I mean, hey, U.S. in there, on the ground. Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, hmm, this will be fun, won't it? Hey, maybe we could, who are, let's take some, let's take some wagers here. Where, who's going to be first? South China Sea with China as we gripe and whine our little sissy behinds all around going, Oh, you built a you built an island. You built an island. Wait, 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 wait. This was our ocean. <laughs> or Russia. Are we gonna screw around in the Ukraine or Syria? Where is it gonna be? Well, either way, I think we're not gonna enjoy fighting with either China or Russia. But it seems to be the direction they got us going. But I got to go. We'll be back in a few. We'll have Dean Lauren on.
Woodbine, my new neighbor, don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Ancient prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men fainting from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East, the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earth the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the Days of Chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net. www.lamarzuli.net. These are the Days of Chaos. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotted pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. Good evening, all. Welcome back to those of you joining from the first hour, and welcome to everybody else who is just showing up now late for the second hour. It is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan, and it's still Monday, November 2nd, 2015, at least out here on the Pacific Time Coast, where it is now eight minutes after 9 p.m. That's right, 9 p.m. That means... This is the second hour on Monday night. You can call in 800-932-1980. You can participate in the show from the chat room, which is located on our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. 
Everything else you need to know is on that website, too. At least everything you need to know about this network is on there. And uh, from the chat room, you'll see the link, chat. It's those four letters that make out chat. I, I don't know, maybe here couple more years here of everybody getting public school education and television, I'm probably going to have to put up a picture or something, you know, whatever symbolizes a chat room, uh, you know, because I figure in a couple of years, nobody will be able to read that well. But uh, anyway, for now, it's the chat link. You'll have fun. Nice people in the chat room. Unless you're a jerk, then they uh, then they get mean, ornery, and all that. But hey, if you're a jerk, you're probably used to that. Anyhow, Yahoo Instant Messenger is where you can uh, contact me directly. Nobody but the CIA and the NSA and whoever they share with gets to see it, except me. And my screen name is ABRN Talk. All right. Now, it is the second hour of Monday night, and that means, as usual, we have Dean Lauren coming to us live from New York City, which is actually coming to us from the future because it is 10 after 9 here. It is 10 after midnight there, which makes it Tuesday. Welcome, Dean. Well, thank you, Frank. And how are the levels? Acceptable? Oh, yeah, you'll get by. All right. Uh, We won't have to send the squad over. (laughs) There's so many squads on route as we speak. Folks, uh... We're going to be reporting for the next couple weeks, probably, you know, for time memoriam, uh, focusing on higher levels of technology. We're going to take the show to a higher level, as if we haven't gone higher before. And I say that because last week I had announced that I've officially teamed with Elliot Bernstein to do a scaling full energy uh, delivery package system. And, of course, we are targeting Frank's barn for an uh, an installation. <laughs> and uh, it, it's very intriguing because it combines all of the scaling technology, which is with iViewit uh, patents, which made your broadband uh, signals uh, Acceptable for streaming video. You're seeing the high, you know, the, the the smooth videos now coming into your computers. You're seeing the great audio streams, and this is all what's coming through from Scalar. So it's basically taking uh, a representative uh, piece of a, uh, a a large bundle of information and and bringing it down so you can take snapshots and then resize them back up and and get full full high definition whether it's audio or visual and of course we're going to be applying it across the board in all the spectrums from low frequency which i think a lot of people uh extremely low frequency that's uh, that's being used across the nation now by police forces to uh for crowd control all the way up to um Cosmic rays. Which, See, that's, that's uh, what I was just going to ask you about, Dean, about weaponry now. You know, this whole scalable thing is very interesting because, I mean, you can either, like, if you have an energy weapon, shoot some energy, scale it down, and then unload the package when it gets to its destination. 
it seems as though you would need a lot less energy to make it go further. Kind of like bandwidth, you know, like this is why they did, you know, you've got a big, beautiful, clear picture, but it's going to, you know, it's going to chew up your bandwidth. So my understanding is I view it, scales it down smaller, retains the resolution so it can be sent over the over the internet, which uses less bandwidth, and then expand it on the other end in full beauty. Now, if you could do something like that with, say, an energy weapon, where you generate energy, it has to travel, what, a mile, two miles, three miles, whatever. You scale it down, you need a lot less energy to make it go that far, and then you just find a way to expand it when it gets to its target. Oh, you're frightening, Frank. But that's what we're in the business for. And, uh, you know, folks, I had a lot of, uh, when, I, when I was first starting out in atomics, I had some very deep concerns about developing technology that would be used for weapons. I no longer have those concerns. <laughs> so with that, uh, we sh- we're going to briefly touch on what's happening in the world because this is going to be affecting the military commercial interface that we'll be discussing. As of Saturday, everyone, the Frank, the French, the Frank, the French banking networks collapsed. So Francois Holland from uh, France the prime minister, he's in Beijing right now. He is trying to sell the committee everything that's not tied down in France. Well, we've talked about it, and now it is a reality. Now, I don't France know, is bankrupt. I don't know if you've seen this report in the news, uh, but I was I was surprised, and I'm like, wow, uh, if this is true, this is uh, a different different than I had seen it but this article i read was saying that yeah well you know china's got problems with its debt that they are like 30 trillion dollars in debt now i'm not saying that you know they i think they probably can handle that you know as well as we can handle 18 trillion but i mean i had no idea i assumed that china had a uh what do they call that when you got a surplus rather than a debt but this article says no, they have debt. They've been buying like crazy. Yes, so. that is the issue. But there is one difference that separates the debt that China has versus the serviceable debt the United States has. Mm-hmm. And that is the fact that China has factories and an industry base to back up its debt. Well, that's true. And and that's true. That was what the United States used to have. And, and now it's been transferred. But let me ask you about food supply. How is Russia doing? Because, you know, they've got their bread basket over by the Ukraine. And, you know, they've got some very uh, good farmland in Russia. I mean, not, you know, necessarily Siberia or anything. But they've got some decent farmland. Are they producing food now? Uh, Enough to export? No. In fact, Mm. they've stopped all exports. And what many people don't realize is that the fracking that 
has occurred across almost a, a quarter of the farmland for Russia has destroyed their agricultural base. Wow. And, and, and now China, China doesn't, does China produce enough food for itself yet? In the South, it can support itself, not so in the North. Okay. So the answer is no. Pretty much no. Okay. So no, there would be an infrastructure collapse within the North, which would cause right, that would, ramifications yeah. in the South. Well, you see, so we have big problems. And they're not all the same problems, but they're they're all big. Well, they're not as bad as Deutsche Bank's problems. <laughs> well, they're no. going belly up. <laughs> all right? That was the first indication that the French banks went into bankruptcy over the weekend. Uh, what we're seeing now is that uh, France, uh, I think last year we discussed how British aeronautics uh, BAE had merged in with uh, Germany and France. It was a big issue we were talking about because BAE, the British arm of the military defense weapons for Britain, was being sold to Germany and France. And with it, they had misappropriated many uh, of the technological innovations of the United States, which we had paid for. And with that, they are now, uh, at this point, trying to sell to anybody, and I'm talking Francois Holland, is trying to sell anybody the technology to stay alive. Now, France is Russia's partner. So, at this point... Well, now, isn't, isn't, isn't France kind of everybody's partner, I mean, more so with Russia. I mean, more we, so with Russia. the U.S. deals with. I mean, like, hey, the F thirty five fighter. Part of it's made in France. Part of it's made everywhere, you know. And that was that was probably one of the the wrong things that that NATO. And I don't even want to say NATO because NATO is disintegrating at this point. Well, NATO is the United States. Without the United States, there would have been no NATO. And now, the rest of NATO is kind of like backing off going, well, wait a minute, you know, we've got real problems. We're, we might have to make a deal with some of these people. You well, know, we it's can't not be so NATO. that. Okay, the idea was for the European allies, and I use that term loosely, were, were uh, appropriating the United States command using automatic, uh, automatic uh, intelligence, is that artificial intelligence, computers, to uh, uh, get rid of commands uh, so that, oh, Scott, what, is they, what do you call it when the chain of command goes down, the orders, uh, but they were going to start issuing them through uh, defense computer gaming sequences instead of using live generals and admirals. Okay, that's how NATO was going to take over our U.S. command and out and phase out the Pentagon. So, Frank, let me re repeat that very strongly for the admirals and generals down in D.C., Norfolk, and the various other installations across the world. You were being phased out by AI computer gaming codes. 
Well, and, you know, hey man, is this starting to is this starting to look a little like uh, you know, I don't know uh, how long ago you saw it or if you've ever seen it at all, the uh you know, the I guess the series Terminator. You know, the uh, movies, the there was like what, yeah. three or three of them in the, of the same thing and you know, I mean, it started with this thing Skynet. Okay, Skynet was an automated defense system that basically went crazy and decided every living thing is now its enemy. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And Skynet, which is so appropriately named Skynet, because B-Sky-B is the British satellite system under Murdoch that came out in 1992-94. And it was the heralding of the Murdoch corporations. Uh, So... Yes, you're absolutely right. If we look back at that Terminator uh, series, we can actually see the applications of artificial intelligence to disenfranchise, phase out, fire, get rid of the admirals and generals in the U.S. command, but retain the U.S. budget. How apropos by the French and the Russians. So, there has been a little bit of mutiny by the U.S. admirals and generals. (laughs) You would think. Just a tad, now that they're hip. Do we call it mutiny or self-preservation? Call it whatever you like, but just call me for dinner. And that's what I'd like to say right now, because at this point, IBM has now been fingered as selling all of its sister technology that is used within the Pentagon to third parties. Folks, we now have an issuance of trading with the enemy. And there are certain, you know, this is spelled out in the Constitution. You know, certain factors have to be present for treason. So, so... So wait a minute. Okay, so I guess and I'm going. And I'd like to remind I'm everybody. Sk- I'm going to skip the self-preservation thing because, I mean, do they really think that trading with the enemy is is going? It's a self-preservation act. Well, I want to bring out the reason this is coming to light now. Now I've spoken a lot about the Madoff situation. $50 billion is still out there and being spent very rapidly by Hillary Clinton in offshore banks in Nassau. That's the, the conduit for it. Britain. And overseas, I don't know, offshore banking, I think that's what they call it, uh, through New Zealand and various other places where they're, they're cashed. Uh, the cash is cashed. So what we're seeing now is, and the pattern has always been that in December, the other shoe would drop on Mrs. Clinton to be arrested. So that up until December 5th, she would be spending the Madoff money on advertising with the major networks, print, radio, and then beginning April 
five or ten, she would be arrested and have to spend the rest of the billions of dollars on her liberation movement. Which is coming true, because now we are seeing IBM. Now, many people don't know that uh, Emily's List, which is a front for Emily Madoff, uh, was actually created with Ellen Malcolm's help. And she is the quote-unquote, you know, uh, one of the, the family heirs for IBM, Ellen Malcolm. Hmm. So we're now seeing IBM's come up on the radar, as it should be, as the enemy. Uh, their technology... Now, it's interesting. Uh, we have to go to our song very uh, shortly, but most of the IT defense contractors, about 60% of them are now going be- belly up. This yeah. is probably the most dangerous time right now for the Pentagon. You know, Dean, though, I mean, okay, you're saying defense contractors are going belly up, which is just immensely uh, a total, absolute evidence of massive corruption. Because there is no way any industry can have an inflow of the trillions of dollars they have and produce so little as they have, and be going belly up without corruption. Right. And it all comes down to band caps, which we'll be talking about the second half of the show. Band caps in bandwidth. This is the big issue that's facing the nation with the Time Warner Charter merger. We'll be talking about how Charter has been structured to fail to actually go into bankruptcy once it's united all of these cable systems. And the Pentagon is going to be the direct hit first. Um, Imagine if 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 you can, a video of an assassin team moving into a house uh, to kill some uh, a foreign terrorist that's linked to an ida- uh, a dialysis machine. And the panic room at the Pentagon is all sitting there watching it. Well, that signal has to come over a satellite. It's going to be in high def because you can't send them an M4V. You know, that's not, not enough definition if you're going to watch this at the Pentagon and, 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 and check out everything because you're going to be sweeping with your visuals. And so they're all sitting in this panic room, and they're watching this. But at the same time, this band caps are, 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 are kicking in. Now, the Pentagon doesn't ha- is getting to the max point where it's getting all these bandwidth coming in on their military satellites and has to pick and choose now. But in doing that, it cannot and I'm talking about the Pentagon, distinguish which packets or bundles of information is beginning to be real and what is false. Hmm. Because they're not, they can't monitor it in free time. There is such a significant bandwidth. They've created this IT monster 
without any type of protocols to uh, surveil it, like using, um, what is it called, Windshark, uh, it's called Wireshark, all these other programs that actually look at the, the packages or, or bundles of information coming in, the code. And this is what was happening before with um, uh, all this video coming in from Afghanistan, which was just video being looped. It was fake video. And so with that, we got to go to the real thing. All right. And that is I want to dedicate tonight's song to all the women in Hollywood. What is this, a and country you, song dedicated to all the girls I know? Is. And you know who you are, my dear. So I got to dedicate this song to Megan Fox tonight. Ah. You need a new and, girlfriend. Uh, well, we're hoping on December 1st she's going to call in. Okay. Either that or Dolly Parton. And uh, so, Frank, what can I say? This is one of my favorite songs. Hit it.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need, first aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulphur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, but that's 
Yay, we're back. It's the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Monday, November 2nd, 2015, about 941 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com is the website. Check out the chat link. You'll be in the chat room. Have a lot of fun there. If you want to contact me directly, on Yahoo Instant Messenger, my screen name is AVRN Talk. Once you get to the website, you'll see we have email. You can uh, use that to contact me also. Anyway, it is Monday night, and that means we have Dean Lauren coming to us from New York City now. Before we move on, nobody in the room got it right. Uh, they didn't guess that song. It was The Stoke. And you probably got the name of the song, Take It or Leave It. He only said that like a million times, so that's that. Now, Dean, tell us about your song. Oh, that was uh, the Doobie Brothers, 1981. Wow. Hollywood Bowl, Dark Eyed Kitchen Woman. Well, there you go, there you go. Tom well, Johnston singing. That was before he got too sick uh, and went out on his own. So uh, I'll just start. Back with the show. I, I want to do a brief uh, uh, shout-out to the White House, thanking them for supporting Cameroon. Uh, they were dry, they've actually sealed off the borders more so that Boko Haram can no longer crisscross from Nigeria into Cameroon. They're at the process of shutting down the Chad uh, borders, which is about the 10th latitude of Africa. And... Uh, you know, this is the whole reason why we have this this burning line right across Africa for the minerals, because these uh, terrorist uh, militias in the deploy of the mineral uh, combines are literally just jumping borders. So that was one of the uh, shout-outs that uh, the Nigerians had asked for. Now, Could you help us seal up the borders? Now, yeah. uh, when you talk about uh, these mining companies are you talking about when you say gangs and t you know whatever you call them are we really talking about mercenaries like companies that provide mercenaries around the world yes okay absolutely it's all for hire now and these are combines that are basically uh headquartered in luxembourg belgium well, dean how far of a stretch is it to really believe that you know, I mean, you've reported on this before in Africa about these mercenaries, but uh, how how much of a stretch is it to believe that Al-Qaeda and ISIS and, you know, all the other little name groups that we hear about are really nothing but mercenaries working on behalf of some moneyed interest? Oh, absolutely, and they're being recruited right out of the prisons in Africa. They're going around and cherry picking their best troops, folks. This is this is this is uh, a little, you know, money in the pocket is what makes Africa work. So you know, it's what we call liber, liber, liber. You know, nobody's watching this massive case in Manhattan where the liber people uh, that were rigging the international rates are being prosecuted. There's not one word in the press. So I say, nor is there 
uh, word in the press that James Comey is is on the verge of being fired now that he has been uh, outed once again for running a drug network with the Joint Terrorism Task Force diverting FBI funds. <laughs> okay, with Michael Greco. I mean, it's back to like 1999 again. Which brings us to, and, and by the way, folks, if I, if I, you were, came into the show late, not only did the French banks go into bankruptcy over the weekend with the Deutsche Bank hitting the bottom, but Royal Dutch Shell, Chevron, BP, ExxonMobil also have gone into uh, massive death throes. It is now, the North Sea is no longer... Uh, profitable uh, now that the price of that oil has to is at sixty dollars a barrel for them, and of course it takes costs them about sixty five to produce it. So at this point, the entire North Sea wells are shutting down, and it takes us back to the whole French issue because see France had partnered with Russia to be their, quote, inside mole for the European NATO, the European Trade Associations. Without France, Russia can't operate within the European Union. Okay. Okay, France is the only one that allows them anonymity, both in, in, in traveling through Europe, using passports, everything. So, you know, now that the French banks have gone bankrupt, you know, and you've noticed not one French bank has been named. Of course, they'll all be coming out on Thursday and Friday with their names. And, and this, of course, is going to open up all the French ports, uh, both in Europe and in the colonies throughout the world, uh, for China to strike trade agreements. Now, President Obama has already negotiated trade agreements, and now China is coming in with APEC to to negotiate. So what we're going to see is a unification of the United States, and I don't even want to call it a monetary fund because at this, I mean the World Bank, because at this point we're actually it's about time that we're seeing the United States, China, and by the way there was a. Um, Standard & Poor's, which is the most corrupt <laughs> bond rating service, actually downrated Saudi Arabia from AAA to A on their bonds or on their default payment for debt. And I'm like, excuse me? Saudi Arabia has the only commodity worth anything in the world right now. If they're at A, everybody else is at D. Okay, so if you look at Saudi Arabia dropping from triple A to A, then that means everybody who was in A went to B minus to C. And France was already at C. So they are at F for failure. Okay, folks, they can't. The entire British economy now is based on black market. Like in World War Two, when we bailed them out. All right. So now we have to get back to technology and 
you know, I would say that to all the white families that seek a gentler war on heroin, you need only blame Alphonse D'Amato and James Comey for your sons and daughters in the white bread community now being heroin addicts. Have we not talked about that, Frank, in the past? We have. We have indeed. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen much of that around, you know, here. And, uh, well, you know what? I, I want to make. You're not looking. <clears throat> I want to make this point uh, because it's a, it's a big issue that a lot of people have talked about, not necessarily us. But, you know, you're talking about back east where basically the suburbs and the white communities are now, their kids are getting hooked on heroin. Cause oh, because it's, it's cheap and it's everywhere. Pandemic. Well, now you know there's a study out between the 12 states, which are mostly not eastern states, the 12 no 11 states that have made marijuana either recreational legal or medicinally legal. They've got a study now that says that oh, guess what? In those states, the amount of people addicted to like what they call hard drugs has decreased yeah why bother why would you even go for opium if you can smoke a joint well yeah who wants to become a junkie nobody well you know, it's also cost effective well yeah it, it actually is it is so let's let's focus just quick back on these band caps mm -hmm. uh these data caps that are being uh, uh, approaching us with this horrendous merger of Time Warner and Charter. Now, Charter Communications, folks, has already gone through bankruptcy. Its executives have been um, brought up on criminal charges for falsifying client databases and, and pumping up their stock and their shares. And now Apollo Management is one of their main uh, shareholders. What we're seeing is the United, United, unification of, sorry about that, folks, unification of bandwidth through various states across the country structured to go into bankruptcy so that a, it can be divested into a larger monopoly. Comcast is still there, folks, with AT&T, if you haven't figured it out. We are going into a super monopoly, and this is what threatens the Pentagon. And it also threatens all of our technology breakthroughs in Silicon Valley, in San Jose, in Seattle, because all of these data bundles, in order for them to be applied, to be used, to be developed between innovators, these data bundles have to be transmitted along the fiber optic cables because satellite is no longer efficient. There has not been breakthroughs in satellites to upgrade with the amount of bandwidth needed nor has there been a technology innovation that permits human intelligence to monitor data bundles. Well, so you know, one of the problems, Dean, is making it slow, is the satellites that they have up there are very costly, 
And, you know, once they, okay, they get all the technology in that satellite, and then they shoot it up there, and whatever's in there is in there. And they've got to let that thing run so many years just so it pays for itself. You know, they can't just say, oh, yay, there's a new technology. Let's put it in. Well, yeah, let's put it in. How do we get up there? Oh, we got to wait space... for that satellite to, uh, to fail. This is, oh, no, to run out its use. Right. Okay. So, folks, this was what the space shuttle was originally designed for, to go up there and service the satellites and upgrade them continuously. Sounded like a good idea at the time, didn't it? It was the best idea. And notice how they took it off the market <laughs> so that they could control the data caps. Yep. Now they have the Pentagon by the short hairs. We don't even launch our own rockets anymore. Nope. Okay, folks. Have you have you figured it out, General Dumford, who is now soon to be Joint Chiefs of Shaft <laughs> at the Pentagon? Have you figured it out yet? You who are going to do assassination groups or what are they? Assassination squads? That's your solution? I don't think so. Welcome to a brave new technology world. Dunford, you are obsolete. Well, that's a downright mean thing to say to somebody. Well, guess what? They noticed you haven't heard him going through the Senate yet and being confirmed on the main floor. If they knew that he was going to uh, move for assassination squads to deal with the problems, <laughs> I don't think he would make it into being the, the commander-in-chief of uh, the Joint Chiefs of Shaft. All right. And, of course, I am going to work with the military. So, yes, folks, I have a little problem in the Pentagon and that they're not performing they want to block out innovators like me, Elliot Bernstein, and so that they can go for the need for greed. Instead of innovation keeping the United States military at the forefront, they have, in fact, betrayed the American people for the American dollar, which is now based on Saudi oil and China trade. There cannot be Saudi oil without China trade and U.S. military might. For every 10 commercial ships, you need three to four military warships to guard your trade routes. It has always been that way. It will always remain that way, folks. We are not an empire we are a security navy. That is our main function in today's world, and we have been that function since 1919. That is why we as America enjoy the standard of living, because we secure the safe travel of ships throughout the seven seas. Didn't that used to be England's deal? England was black market and pirating and selling opium and weapons. They were plunderers. <laughs> we serve a different mission. 
We secure the safety and delivery of trade. Of course, sometimes it goes into the banana republics, the banana corporations, fruit of the loom. But, um, you know, that's where it veered off wrong, when the corporations basically took control of the Pentagon, General Dumford, instead of the Pentagon dictating to the corporations. You will be treated equally, and everybody will be trading instead of, oh, we're going to wipe out this, um, uh, what is it called, uh, uh, challenger, this competition. We'll get rid of them. We'll have a war in Syria using blacker-than-the-night Libyans, okay, to come in as militia, or actually a Chad. Okay, Chad, Nigerians, uh, Boko Haram people, which are basically your local Nigerians. Okay, folks, you know, that's why you never saw videos in Syria or in Iraq, because it's very hard to justify soldiers that are blacker than the ace of spades as local Syrians and Iraqians, speaking with French accents. Well, you know, the problem is, I, I mean, well, the the easy part for them is most Americans wouldn't know the difference, but the Iranians what? and everybody else would. There aren't people of that shade of black over there. They're blue-black. That only comes from Africa. Even American blacks aren't that blue-black. <laughs> Dean, most Americans don't even know where Iraq is. Okay? They have no idea of what Africa and Iraq and they have no idea where these places are. Geography was something you learned in school. How old are you? I'm old enough to date Megan Fox. Old I'm enough to know that that ain't getting ta- that ain't being taught in school anymore and it hasn't been for a long time. I'm telling you, it's sad, it's sick, it's depressing. That's the way it is. And you know what else is sad, sick, and depressing? We're out of time. Well, I'd like to just end with the fact that Obama has delayed the train safety installations, which are going to free up all our trains or keep them free up to deliver the massive harvest that is now coming in on wheat and soybean. All right, well, we got to go, Dean. Thanks for being on. We'll see you again next Monday. Folks, you stay right where you're at. We got good stuff coming up. I'll see you tomorrow. And as always, thanks for listening. Lights out, make your way to the floor. Just dance, got me begging for more. Get down in the county of kings. Hear that music makes you want to sing.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever- Possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long storing, freeze dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guide today at Freeze Dry dry guy at landset.com that's freeze dry guy at l a n s e t.com or call 530-265-8333 530-265-8333 and let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio Whether you call it commercial redemption or accept it for value, the Commerce Game Exposed is the book that will help you understand this process. The fact is, there is no lawful money in circulation. The explanation and details as to how this happened are enlightening, and the instructions concerning what one can do with this information are detailed and easy to understand. Utilizing this process is not for everyone, but learning how lawful money has been turned into commercial debt instruments should be of concern to everyone. The Commerce Game Exposed book is a good tool to learn the commercial nature of the New World Order. To order the Commerce Game Exposed, go to W www.theamericanvoice.com or call 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050. When to see the captain Strangers I could Down. 
Good evening and welcome to the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still November 29th, the year 2007, still Thursday, and it's about 8.05 in the evening Pacific time, if that's when it is where you're at. And you'll have to figure out where you're at exactly and uh, what time it is where you are. This is Pacific Time. It is 8.05, and uh, if that's what it is, where you are, we are live. You can call in 1-800-433-1429, and we may talk to you. We, meaning we've got Mike from Chattanooga on the line with us tonight. That's right. Thursday's been Thursdays. Yeah, because he didn't he didn't get enough airtime earlier. That's right. That's right, you know. And so one of the things you were just mentioning about... Uh, Disclosure. You're going to have to tell people over on your end that uh, quiet on the set, you know, you're being a big star. I'm I know, I am. I, I am. I'm going to have to say keep the background noise down. Yeah. Anyway, so go ahead. You know, about a disclaimer, okay? You know, because it's like, I'll give you an example. We kind of touched on this today is uh, a gentleman named David Bay came out with a video called the Secret Des- America's Secret Destiny. Right. And he used a whole lot of truth through it, but the whole movie was only for one reason, and it was to discredit the King James Bible. Well, He's trying to say kinda. King James was a homosexual is what he said all through the movie. And it's like some people, if they don't check this out or nothing, might think that, and then all of a sudden you've got a doubt in the King James Bible. Right. See, and, and, you know, that I kind of got a good dose of that through the shortwave. You know, mm-hmm. I started listening to shortwave in 95, and there were some people came on there because I was raised on the King James Bible, and they started doing some things, and I started questioning it, mm-hmm. you know. And so I started wavering on it a little bit. And, you know, if you don't feel it's 100% the Word of God, then, you know, then spiritually you're not as sound as you should be, are you? Well, that's true. And so there's a lot of videos that come out that we see that have a lot of truth in them, but they have the real main thing is is buried in the background, and it's just to discredit Christianity in one way or another. That's well, what yeah, we have I, to watch. Know, I always, I, I kind of figured, uh, you know. Uh, David Bay always came across to me as a uh, used car salesman anyway. Oh, yeah, so, you know. oh, yeah. It, it sounds like a pure liar where he has to come up with things to fill in, kind of. Well, yeah, I, I, the whole, just this whole persona just seemed like used car salesman-like to me. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. that's all. And and so that was one of the things we were talking about earlier. It, you know, that's re- one of the reasons why we come on here is to point out this deception to people because we don't want that to happen to us. Whether it's Y2K or these videos you see that are almost free or, you know, they're giving away or real low cost or something, or whether it's people parading to be patriots to help us, you know, we, we see it everywhere. We're bombarded with it. Lies abound. <laughs> It does, doesn't it? Well, I mean, what do you expect, though, Mike? I mean, you know, if Satan is the prince of this world, then, you know, what else would it be? I I don't expect him not to, okay? So I've just had to sharpen steel. You know, I've had to be on the guard. 
And see, that was a disadvantage when I grew up. I grew up in a church, and I thought nobody lied. I but, thought the preacher told the truth. And No, and, he's <laughs> running for president and calls himself Huckabee. You know, I, I, I got a good dose of that and everything, and it's like, boy, they sure are pushing, you know, in the Democratic section. Let's. Let's, they're they're let's, really pushing that and trying to pull Hillary back to make this selection well, you know look what? real. While uh, we're talking about this, seeing as how the debate was just last night, we do want to be timely, and this is important, uh, and you happen to bring this up. It just so happens when last night's debate turned to the subject of the Bible, everyone thought, okay, this is an easy one. Let's just see who thumps the loudest. It's not like anyone trying to win the Republican nomination is going to say anything but the Bible is the Word of God, right? Yeah. Huckabee, Huckabee played it smart. He says, quote, The Bible is the revelation of an infinite God, and no finite person is ever going to fully understand it. If they do, their God is too small. Unquote. Shut off the recorder. I mean, okay. you know, uh, yeah, that, yeah. that to me, how many times have I heard that? I've heard that canned saying, if you understand God, uh, then your God is too small. I've heard that probably 50 times. It's a standard pastor thing. Yep. You yep, know, I yep. mean, they get taught this at cemetery or whatever. I'd say that's where they they do get it. You know? Yep. So, okay, so he gave you the canned Sunday afternoon when you come into his office with some questions. Yep. Answer. And Romney. He, yeah, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, go ahead. Romney, who seemed to be trying very, very hard not to allude to being a Mormon, uh, said in almost a robotic fashion... Like a robot. Okay. Quote, the Bible is the word of God, absolutely, unquote. Wow, that's a good stand. Well, you see now, as far as, you know, Huckabee playing it smart, I don't think he played it smart. He gave, You know, if anybody out there has ever talked to a pastor, they'll go, wait a minute, I've heard that exact answer before. Doesn't this guy have his own answer? Uh, that's what I think when I read what Huckabee said here. But Romney, I think Romney's answer, even though, you know, he's lying, he's a Mormon, and, uh, you know, I don't think he believes that. What do you mean? The Word of God, absolutely. Then what's the Book of Mormon? It's, they say that's that another. That is not the King James Version. Yeah, well, there's nothing in that that's the same as King James. Well, they got it on the, uh, they got it right on the cover. It is another testament right. of Jesus right. Christ. Exactly. Well, I'm sorry, then, absolutely, the Bible is the Word of God, absolutely, meaning, absolutely, it's the Bible is it, beginning, and this is the Word of God right here. Uh, Was he referring to that little handbook that they carried No, in? I don't think so, because they don't call that the Bible. What do they call it? The Book of Mormon. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, that's why they call them Mormons. They're actually the Church of Latter-day Saints of Jesus Christ. Yep. That's actually the name of their church. But their book, like the Jews are, you know, using the Talmud rather than the Old Testament, the Mormons use the Book of Mormon. That's okay. why they're called Mormons. They don't like being called Mormons, by the way. Oh, they don't. No, they, they don't okay. they don't they don't prefer to be called Mormons. They be they prefer to be called saints. Okay. But I just can't do that without, you know, throwing up every time I do it, so that's why I call them Mormons. 
<laughs> you know, one thing you got to handle them, though, because it reminds me a lot of the Catholic Church, is, boy, they do works. Yeah, boy, they got money. <laughs> you know, that's another that, thing. Yeah. Boy, they got money. The you Catholic know? Church has an endless supply of money, right? Yeah, the Mormons and, got and they do loads of works. Well, you know, yeah. and, and if the Catholic Church could get it right and, and have that kind of volunteer action... And the Mormons, too. You see, the Mormons are afraid they're going to lose their salvation. They're trying to work their way to heaven. Gee, uh, you know, there could be something wrong with that. Anyway, yep. sounds yeah, like we got too. a quick call here. Go quick ahead, call. caller. Yeah, this will be even quicker than you, Frank. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you know, we got more. How many different versions of the Bible have we got? Uh, we've got the New King, the King James Version, the New Something American Version. How many different versions are you got there? the New King James Version. Yep. New there King. is a New King James Version. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which one is the correct version, uh, version Mike? Only the King James. <laughs> You're sure about that? Uh, that's the way I you feel about him, it. You yes. told you. Well, I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not talking w- against Mike, but I'm sure there's other people, Mike, who would take exception to you. I, I well, guarantee wrong. you they are. And, and I'll tell you a Bible that, that you know, the NIV, okay, when you read that Bible, you'll see that it's it's adjusted so much that you think that you can pray for anything you know, like a Maserati, and you'll get it. You know, God will just supply oh, yeah, you with sure. endless. And, and so each one of these Bibles have their own little thing. There's certain ones that the homosexual crew uses, see, because oh. the way they've adjusted it, you know, they can use it and still feel like they're a godly person. Oh. <laughs> so each one of these denominations have their own little custom Bible that fits them. See, the way, I, the way I think of it, Al... Yeah, I've got other Bibles that I do to cross-reference stuff. Yeah, and uh, and check it out and see what's been changed in Strong's uh, concordance. Isn't there something the 1500 Geneva Bible or something yeah. that predates all the King James and all that other stuff? Isn't there one that's like the first one, whatever that one is? Well, yeah, there's the there's the Geneva, and then there's another one too. Uh, oh, what's that guy's name? It's named after a guy because he was the one that actually pretty much uh, put it together. So we're saying, if I understand what Mike is saying, that the Geneva Bible is a bunch of hooey. Am I no, 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 I don't want to say that, but it is not the same as the King James. Well, I understand that. A lot of these other Bibles were translated from the Latin, because that's what the Catholics were using, and that's where the Bible Greek. came from. Okay. You know, no. You see, that's the problem. And it does matter which transcripts you use. But the, the bottom line, Al, is the way I look at it like this... Uh, any other Bible, all right, fine, 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 until there's a question. Uh-huh. And there's a part in it that's different than the King James. I always rely on the King James because I believe it's the Word of God. Okay. You know? Okay. So, you know, I'm not telling anybody out there to burn all their other Bibles. Oh, I just, wouldn't burn anybody's Bible, but, you know, you know, we want the one, which is the correct one. We're saying that the correct one is the King James and everybody else is the an six, option. The 1611 King James. And, you know, the, the Geneva Bible is very archaic. I've actually had an opportunity to look at them, and they're written in Old English, and I don't even think they've got chapters. Really? Uh, they're not, they might have chapters, but the verses are not split up. And, uh, you know, it's very difficult to read, and it's written in this uh, very archaic old English. Uh, So, you know, it's difficult to read, even. Well, you know, we've got so many different religions out there, Mike. Everybody thinks that their, quote, religion is the right one, right? Well, sure. That's the way they want to do it. They don't want to do God's way. They want to do it 
you know, the devil's way, really. And they'll try to pick what version lines up with them the best. Well, whatever you call it, the bottom line is if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to hell. And you can call yourself anything you want to call yourself. That's the bottom line. So if anybody's questioning that, there's the answer for you. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, Mike, because you've got all these other religions competing against each other. This guy says, I'm the best. No, that guy says, he's the best, blah, blah, blah. And you know what I look at it, Mike? Organized religion. You take the money out of it, and it'll all fold like a house of cards. You can, be, you can believe in the Word of God, but you don't even have to have religion, do you, Mike? No, no, you're exactly right. I mean, right. you don't have to be a, a Protestant, a Presbyterian, a... Uh... I, don't, I don't go to none of that. I don't buy into that, because the Bible says for us to come out of that nonsense. So, in other words, the uh, you know the Lutherans and the Catholics and the this and the that, the Presbyterians, the Episcopalians, the, well, they're all flavors of Christianity, aren't they, Mike? What was it you you, you said? Slavers. Flavors. Flavors. Oh, flavors. Excuse me. Okay. Well, either one of those words will actually work because yeah, they're putting you in bondage, and it is their color and their taste of a flavor. That's uh-huh. exactly what it is. And that's kind of what we say a lot. That's why we talk about the Catholic Church well, or you the know, Baptist or, uh-huh. you know, well, you, and, and I grew up in the Baptist Church. Because so. the Baptist Church is pretty uh, predominant in the southern part of the country, is it not? Sure is. It's real strong, you know. Uh-huh. But it has been taken apart, you know. It's like they allow everything now. Used to, they was real strong against homosexual. Now they tolerate it, you know. You got all this stuff. See, these Bibles have allowed, because of the way they changed the terminology in it, just a little bit, a little word changed here and there, and you've got a totally different definition. It's like the lawyers got a hold of it, isn't it? There you go. That's what it is. It's like lawyers have got a hold of it. And so these companies that actually print these Bibles Uh are homosexual outfits. So you know they don't have God's best interest in it. They just want to get out their version, you know, their flavor, like you said. You know, I got a little thing. I want to do a T-shirt, Mike. Uh, God created the law. The devil invented lawyers, politicians, and organized religion. Well, that's a fact. What you just said. I think the devil invented organized. I mean, I, and I just, you know, just based upon what we're talking about, it's got to be satanic. Well, you yeah. know what, Al? You didn't dream that up. Jesus said that to the scribes and Pharisees. You are of your father, the devil. And they were the lawyers and politicians of the yep. day. Yep. The, the, you know, Jesus got mad in the temple. You know, the two sets of people he was mad at was lawyers and bankers. Uh-huh. Who is it that's giving us the total problem right now? Absolutely. Lawyers and bankers. If absolutely. we just eliminated those sets of people. Oh, absolutely. Us, uh, we could, you know, I don't have such a problem with the Federal Reserve charging me interest. You know, it's a bad thing, right? But, it, you know, at least commerce could, could go on and stuff, and, you know, and this green paper and ink's worthless and all that kind of stuff. But the way they've got it pinned together, they're just ruining us. They're out here spraying us, you know. Oh, terrible. They put fluoride they in the water. Every day, yeah. You know, they're funding this. See, the Federal Reserve is, is able to fund this with the phony money. If they only had gold and silver, they wouldn't they, be, there wouldn't be any wars, Mike. They wouldn't be able to fight this war in Iraq with, with gold and silver uh, uh, monetary. Exactly. Exactly. Frank, so, I'm going to get so off. Thank it, you for your time. It is a religion. All righty, guys. Thanks, Al. Bye-bye. See you, Al. 
All right. Well, always good to hear from Alan, Colorado. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he's exactly right. You know, I I think people need to come out of the whore church. You don't see me going there. Well, no. It's, I mean, obviously, I don't go to, uh, you know, one of the 501c3 churches. Uh, you know, it's uh, to me that you know that's a subject for another show. Okay. Okay. But you know when when the Bible says it's a whore church, I mean that's just an awful thing to call something, isn't it? Pretty bad, yeah. I mean that is just not quite as bad as you are of your father the devil, no, but no, you no, know that, it's pretty yeah. bad, yeah. Yeah. You know. And, and so that that tells me where I need to be and where I don't need to be. Now let's let's, let's move, move on, on with my topic. Okay, let's move okay, on. Which was basically the Bible and and how the political candidates are dealing with it. See, they're trying to play that up, just like Al was kind of saying, you know, there's these different flavors. Right. That's one of the things, you know, they're, when they answer a question, they're not answering it from their heart. They're answering it. What kind of flavor would be best? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> a Giuliani now, those two guys, Huckabee and Romney, basically sound like they've thought about yep, this. You this know, is, Giuliani, this gonna... I, I believe what he said, though. You know, he said he reads the Bible sometimes, and I believe him. Okay, this is not what he said here, though. Okay. Right? Romney and Huckabee seem to have some real, uh, especially Huckabee, polished answers. Okay. What? What is that noise? Mike? Is it on my end? Uh, yeah. Then it's tubular bells? Is that yes. what you're hearing? Yep. <laughs> Yes, it, Dad, it is. Dad's enjoying a concert. <laughs> I see. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Let me say one little thing since that can, came can to my mind. Can you shut a door or something? Yes, that's, what, <laughs> that's exactly what I've got up to do, shut a door. There you go. All right. Wednesday, I was in Chattanooga, and Dad and I ate at this particular restaurant, and they were playing, say, ordinary music, and then they started playing Christmas music. And it was Bing Crosby come on, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. And as soon as that song came on, it's like, you know, I'm under mind control because I've heard that song all my life, right? And as soon as I heard it, it's like it took me back in time to being like age 6 years old or 12 years old, the great times when you were little and all of that. I just went right back to that era mentally, you know, as, as you list of that. Kind of like dogs when you, you know... That were ring trying the bell. to ring the bell, you know, mm -hmm. they foam at the mouth. I did that same thing, and I noticed it. I looked around, and I seen everyone else doing the same. They, you could just tell by the way their eyes looked. Around. They went back in time the same way. And I was thinking, you know, these, you know, this is a form of control right here. They, they can play these songs this time of year. And you think of that innocent, wonderful time when you were small and everything. And we all try to go back to that era, don't we? Or I do. It's it's a great thing to be able to go back like that. I don't understand this whole my you know brainwashing thing. How, See, and so I've heard that song so much, and I associate it because you associate things. It's like you know you can look at lemons 
You don't even have to taste them. And well, I must have been, I, you know, I must have been raised by wolves or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, it's working for me. And, and when I looked around in there, since it hit me like that, I said, "Man, I've been mind controlled." Everywhere I go, when I hear the music like that, and look around and all the things, all I can think of is fraud, deception, and they're trying to get money out of my pocket. Well, now that is true. That is. You that, know, that's yep. all. I, it, yep. It's just, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I liked Christmas. I really did. That's what but, I'm saying. You know See, what? That's what. When I heard the music, you reflect back to when you loved the Christmas. You heard all that. And and so I went back in time momentarily. So you're hearing that song, and it reminded me, makes me think snow's on the ground. All of those things you associate well, with Christmas. Well, aren't you lucky? Yeah. And then, <laughs> you you think, that, you and then after a, you know, a few moments of thinking about all that, it's like you snap out of it, and you come back to the fraud like yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, wait a minute. That's about. a fraud, and they're trying yeah. to rip me off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's a pagan ritual. Yeah. 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 You know, see, all that stuff then hits you. You know, but see, when you were six years old to twelve years old, you wasn't aware of that. You, everything for me, it was hunky dory. Yeah, well, yeah. Hey, when I was six, I didn't have many worries. <laughs> <laughs> you know. There you go. And so that music, see, put that association just like ringing the bell for the dogs. That's what that particular song did. As soon as I heard it, it just put me back. And I think that's one of the reasons why they play these songs every year is for that reason, to bring you back in time. And one guy here, we was driving through the neighborhood, this guy that doesn't even have any money, barely get by and pay his monthly payments and stuff on his house. And yet he's got more lights. You know, nobody else in our neighborhood has their Christmas lights up yet. And this guy has got so many and everything. You know, he's not going to be able to afford electricity, right? Well, you know. And, And I could tell... All right, he's having a bad time, and he's trying to say, well, you know what? This is Jesus' time of the year. I'm going to try to buy Jesus and, and float these lights out here and everything. Well, and, you maybe know. he's just trying to make himself feel better. But well, the thing be, is, Mike, this is not an odd thing because, okay, so he uses lights and gets a big electricity bill that he can't afford. Most people are out there charging credit cards they can't afford to pay for. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's what this whole commercial uh, creation was, uh, you know, invented for. Exactly. It's this. I'll tell you, man. This year, wrong about him, but here's what I'm thinking. I'll tell you what. This year, this year, Mike, I am recording, and I know they'll play it because they do every single year on the History Channel. They'll do a thing about Christmas, and man, I'll tell you what, folks. You ever get a chance? And I'm not a big promoter of the History Channel as you know as a whole. Now then we see something we like. On well, there. they gotta give you know they gotta give you something. It can't be a hundred percent garbage, yep. or else you know yep. you know yep. what he'd watch. The yep. thing is, they do a history of Christmas, you know, and there's a whole bunch of Christians out there all mad about it. Probably ah, this rotten, dirty, lousy uh, History Channel. But I'll tell you what, it's it's verifiable. It's true. Christmas was a holiday in England. See, everybody's thinking, oh yeah, Tammuz back in Babylon, right? No, no, England. Okay? okay, England in like the 1600s. This is not, you know, well, it's pretty ancient, but it's not really Babylon time. Yeah. It was a holiday of drunken debauchery. Okay. I'm, you know, drunk in yeah, the streets yeah. doing bad stuff, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what the whole holiday was about. It was more like a Mardi Gras than it was what we associate uh, with Christmas. Yeah. Okay, okay. I Matter see. of fact, it was made illegal... In the colonies, when the Puritans came over here, 
How come we never hear any of that? Well, you know, gee, look around. Why? That would put a damper on sales. Well, I see. I, <laughs> you know? I know. And I was telling Dad one of the things, you know, like gasoline has came down like five cents, you know. That's so we can all get to the stores and charge I, up to the I, I was cars, telling Dad, man. I said, Dad, I won't be surprised at all because, you know, they've got to promote Christmas, right? You know, and so I said, I think the gas will come back down to what it was, you know, and that will spark people to run out and buy a bunch of stuff they, they shouldn't be buying. Yeah, it's still a ripoff, but, you know. You know, but... That's what people are – this is my view on it now when I think about it, is people are trying to buy God a little bit. They're trying to say, oh, I'm going to be good and give people things, and I'm going to be cheerful. I'm going to do some things that I never did all year long, but I'm going to do it right now. Well, it's the same every year, though, Mike. we got to take a break. Okay. We'll be back in just a few minutes and continue on, and we will eventually get to Rudy Giuliani's <laughs> – Comment on the Bible and uh, touch on his supporter. Yeah, what's the 800 number? 1-800-433-1429. Yeah, have somebody call in. Well, we can't even get to what we want to now. Anyway, (laughs) stay tuned, folks. Grandma used to say, Johnny, eat your greens. She knew something about health that we've mostly forgotten. Most of us get little or no greens daily. Four Spectrum Chlorella gives five times the chlorophyll of any plant on earth for cleansing inside out and 50 times more lutein than spinach for healthy eyes. All eight essential amino acids, over 60% high-grade protein, and numerous vitamins and minerals. The cracked cell wall absorbs toxins, even heavy metals, and flushes them out of your system. Four Spectrum Clean Green Superfood is a whole food concentrate with no negative side effects. 100% plant source dehydrated chlorella, pressed into tablets, using no binders, fillers, excipients, colorings, or other additives. One month supply, $35, two months, only $60 postpaid. Read more at fourspectrum.us. That's number four, spectrum.us. Call 903-714-7767. That's 903-714-7767. Order today. SwissAmerica.com reports gold prices inched below $800 an ounce Thursday on oil volatility and dollar strength after cheery third quarter GDP data. Gold closed in New York down $5 to $795.20 an ounce. Gold looks like it's in a range of $790 to $808 for now, although expect wide ranges ahead of the year end as liquidity in all markets is trading at a premium, according to the Bank of Nova Scotia. More at SwissAmerica.com. $800 gold should be telling you many things. First, inflation is two to three times higher than reported. Second, the Fed will sacrifice the dollar to fight a recession. Third, gold prices, having already tripled since 2001, must nearly triple again to exceed their 1980 high. Swiss America has compressed 25 years into a 25-minute Gold 101 DVD kit that's free. Call 800-B-U-Y-C-O-I-N. That's 800-289-2646. Whether you call it commercial redemption or accept it for value, the Commerce Game Exposed is the book that will help you understand this process. The fact is, there is no lawful money in circulation. The explanation and details as to how this happened are enlightening, and the instructions concerning what one can do with this information are detailed and easy to understand. Utilizing this process is not for everyone, but learning how lawful money has been turned into commercial debt instruments should be of concern to everyone. 
The Commerce Game Exposed book is a good tool to learn the commercial nature of the new world order. To order the Commerce Game Exposed, go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steph, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. Boy, one of these days I'll be able to say that really fast. But yeah. I'm your host, Francis Stephan, and it is November 29th still. It's still Thursday. It's about 8.33 in the evening, and I've got Mike from Chattanooga on because it is Thursdays, and that's the day where Mike comes on and be's co-host. Exactly. Now, you know before Mike gets to say another word, I'm going to continue <laughs> on here with what Giuliani said about the Bible. Oh, no. Here's another call. That's, uh-oh, uh-oh. that's great. But I'm the caller's just going to have to wait a second because I am going to read this. Okay. Well, he can comment on it, too, or she. Giuliani, on the other hand. Okay. Now, we heard what Romney and Huckabee said. Oh, yeah. If you all can remember back that far before Mike started talking. Giuliani, on the other hand, said, quote, The reality is, I believe it, meaning the Bible, but I don't believe it's necessarily, literally true in every single respect. And later, digging himself in a little deeper, he says, quote, I don't believe every single thing in the literal sense of Jonah being in the belly of the whale. Or, you know, there are some things in in it that I think were put there as allegorical. Right. A- allegorical, sorry right, for right, mispronouncing right. that. And that's the end of the quote. Now, uh, this, go, this article says, whoa, not necessarily literally true in every respect. Uh, you know, here in the thing, they said we had to check the transcript, make sure we heard him correctly. And that is what he said. Uh, essentially, he's saying... Uh, yeah, great book. I don't believe that miracle stuff, of course, but, you know, good book. So uh, Yeah, so you know, he kind of refers to it as a cartoon. Yeah, uh, Giuliani, I, I tell you, you know, we'll get to this in a second, but he has an endorser of Pat Robertson, so we'll get to him in a second. Go ahead, caller. You're on the, the air, so watch what you say. Hello? Yes? Frank, this is Dana in Texas. Hey, Dana. Hi, how are you guys? Super, I'm glad you called in. Well, thanks. I just I didn't hear the debates tonight. I was listening to Drew's tape that he ran during his show before you. So I didn't hear the debates. But as far as the Bible, I believe in the Bible in in the presence that we have it has been given to us. I don't believe the Bible is in its true entire being because there was too many editations done to it before King James even got a hold of it. So I believe what we have is... So you don't believe that God is able to preserve his word? Is that what you're saying? 
God can preserve his word. What I'm saying is man has not, through times, preserved his word correctly. If you go back to Constantine before he got religion and even before him, all of the all the editation and destruction and edit, editing specifically that was left out of the Bible in its original condition in what we have now. Look at the thousands of years in, in I mean, King James' version is what it says. It's King James' version. And he established the Bible because he was breaking away from the Roman Catholic Church and setting up the own, his own Catholic Church in England. So it's hard to... So where do, you, where do you get the Word of God from? I get it from different sources. I get it from the Bible. I I have some other books that I have bought, like the book of Jesher, and Jesher is mentioned in the Bible, uh, the book of Enoch, uh, Jubilees. There's a lot of others that I have found over the last couple of years that fill in some blanks that have been left out because they were not included in the scriptures when the Bible was put together way back when. Mm-hmm. And I also... Uh, I read some of the Gnostic stuff, because those were left out. They were decided by the Catholic Church. Well, sorry there, Dana. When when you start reading the Gnostic stuff, you're going down the wrong path. No, I don't do it as a... I don't believe... I don't know how to explain this. I I read it to think about it with the context of the Bible. Well, now, you you know, okay, then, then that's different. That's like reading Josephus, which is a purely secular historic uh, account. Right, from his perspective. I have that book, too. You know, as a, uh, you know, as a historic value to see, you know, what's getting right. getting a better picture of the physical, uh, what was going on at the time. I, I understand that, but, yeah. you know, you can't, yeah. you can't get wrapped up. There's too many cults. This is how cults exactly. start, Donna. Oh, I understand. You don't you know, have to lecture they'll me. Pick, they'll pick a I book just, like... I like to read the biblical stuff in a different perspective. I've read the Koran. I've read the Jewish Bible. I've read a lot of things well, to try to get a full circle of what religion is in this world. Well, and I think that's a good thing, Dana, because, you know, the thing is, uh, more Americans really ought to read things just to find out about them, not necessarily to follow that that you know exactly. religion. But the thing is, like, exactly. the, for instance, the Book of Mormon. Okay, the book. I read it too. Well, yeah. I but, used to be a Mormon. Okay, well. What do you want to know about it? Well, you see, I, I don't want to know anything about it because I read it too. But you see, uh, Americans, uh, if you're not a Mormon, generally have not read the Book of Mormon, and they have no clue what 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 they are. So when Mitt Romney gets up there and says, "Oh, I'm just a Christian like you," uh, people buy it, and it's not true. No, Mormonism is not Christian. You know, so bottom line, I don't care how they try to defend it and put it, fluff it up that it is, it isn't. I you guess know, I could ask you a question here, Dana, on that because, you know, where I live, there, there's, you know, usually it's a pair of guys come by here at least. Once, missionaries. Yes, doing the missionary work at least once uh-huh. a month, and uh-huh. you know they're handing out these little flyers and stuff all the time, you know, and they're always uh-huh. on bicycles. Well, usually, it's 80% of the time they're on bicycles, you know, for whatever reason. It seems like they just don't want to spend the money for gas. They've got the money. They just don't want no, to. No, that's, that's not the reason. 
they, they try to, they have to make their lives simple when they're missionaries. They are totally 24-7 in connection with God. I, I don't know how to explain this. But unless they're in an area where there is a lot of, that it would take them very long to ride somewhere to do their canvas work on bicycles, then they give them a car. Okay. Like in the panhandle of Texas where it's just wide open spaces. They give them cars to drive. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, as far as that missionary work and going around and knocking on doors, i got to say that knowing that the Mormon religion is a cult, they're not Christian, uh, that aside, i got to say I wish Christian churches would take up the whole missionary attitude and and put the work forth that they do. It's quite impressive, and that's how they turn a lot of people to their to their way of thinking is by works, is by showing. Look, we're out here. We're trying to you know get people to uh, you know turn to Mormonism when like for instance New Orleans. I saw a show on television about New Orleans and the Mormons. They went down there and they helped those people. They didn't just dump off a pile of food and say, you know, bless you and walk away. They actually got down there, brought food, brought what they could, and helped those people out, you know. So that's a way that well, people go, wow, if you're going to do that, you can't be all bad. That's what, it's, no, that's what it looks can I, like. Can I explain to you why they go all out like that? Yeah, that's my question to you. Why, you know, they're trying to work because their way to heaven, aren't they? Well, if they believe that that's part of their salvation, they believe that by ye works are ye known. And that's a biblical term. And they believe, they take it beyond that, they believe that if they don't exert themselves to do things for people, then they lose blessings. They think by them doing something for other people, they get blessings. And I have a real problem with that because I wasn't raised that in the Southern Baptist Church to think that way. You do something for somebody because they need it, and you expect nothing in return. Nothing here. That's right. Exactly right. That's what the sign said early on is part of your salvation. Yeah. You know, because the Bible does say that your rewards are in heaven. Exactly. So, you see, if you read what they do, and you read the Bible, and you actually know it, rather than just carry it into the church and uh, hold it on your lap while you sing songs and go, you know, back home for, you know, Sunday football, uh, you realize where they're getting this stuff from, and go, wow, that's distorted. You know, I mean, it's distorted from what's in the Bible, but you could see where they they get it from, you know? But they believe that they, they will receive blessings in this life from their works by helping other people, but they also put it forth as that is part of their salvation to get to the next level in now, heaven after this life. Isn't that, isn't that two premises that are being yes. being taught yes. by the Christian church yes. now? Prosperity? I mean, that, that's, that's what they're teaching is, yeah, hey, you know, you get out there. Your benefits and, in this life based on what you do now. Right. Yeah, really you, you get to heaven based on what you do in this life also. That's the name and claim it prosperity yep. group. And you know what Bible they use when they're when they're eating out of that? It's the NIV. NIV. Yep. Because that Bible, you know, the way it adjusts the word of God, it does sound like if you you know, anything you want, God's just gonna give you millions. And the only reason why you don't have it is 
You ain't got enough faith, brother. Yeah, yeah, either one, you don't have any faith, or number two, you're not asking God the right way. You're not holding your mouth right. Or, or you haven't given enough to the you church. Know, you haven't given enough money. Or, you know, it, it, that's another, you know, that's another premise of the, of the uh, Mormon church is, is their tithing. You better, oh, yes. you better yes. give up your tithing. Absolutely. Or else they'll keep. You know, you're not going. To, uh, you're not getting that planet uh, you were promised there. Uh, wow. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know. Well, oh you, yeah. You showed. You, yeah. you put some light on some good things here, Dana. Frank, what was the name of the Bible that that Mike said that that came from? That it was that premise. What was y'all said the name and it kind of bleeped out. And I didn't catch the, the NIV. The NIV. Or NIV. The, okay. That's the. Okay. Uh, the new, new. That's the New International Version. Yep. Except, you okay. see, they keep calling it the NIV, but it changes every five years or so. That's true, too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it does. They call it the same, but if you get an NIV from this year and you get an NIV from ten years ago, won't be the same. It, it won't be the same stuff in there. Well, it's the same thing with the Book of Mormon. Oh, if you yeah. the one that was original in 1832, it ain't anything like what they put out last year. No, no, I, I imagine it's not. They probably lost that whole, uh, you need more than one wife uh, out of there a long time ago. Well, that wasn't in the Book of Mormon. It was in, they have, a, they have Doctrine and Covenant or DNC, which is, Quotations from Joseph Smith. Oh, that was and in another book. That's that. Yeah. And they have the DNC and they have Pearl of Great Price. Those go along with the Book of Mormon. Well, I'll tell you, Dana. Oh, Dana. Dana. How do you say <laughs> your name? I keep wanting to say Dana. <laughs> it's Dana. My dad's Dana. name is okay, Dana. Dana. My mother added an A. That's yeah. okay. Okay, Dana. I can yeah. get it now. Uh, I, I'm going to have to have you on one of these days to uh, do a show about Mormonism. Yeah. Dana, Dana, how are you listening to us tonight? I'm I'm streaming. I'm on a cell phone right now, but I'm listening to you on the internet. Okay, so the internet. I'm in I'm in Southwest Fort Worth. Okay. Just curious how you was getting us. Well, Dana. Thanks for calling in. I got some stuff I really want to get to, but you know, okay. I, I, yes, it's hard enough so getting to it through Mike anyway. So <laughs> we'll talk we'll talk to you another You're time. You're not a first time okay. listener, are you? No. No, Dan no, has no. called in no. several times before. <laughs> Good. I mean, don't you pay attention? Anyway, thanks a lot, Dana. Thank you. Bye bye guys. All right. Dana from Texas. Yeah. I You, you don't know, pay attention, you I, know that? I, I, Man, I must be awful terrible yeah, then. you are. You just, gosh, you know, no gold star today. No. Anyway, right. you know, uh, Pat Robertson has uh, has uh, endorsed Judy, Rudy Giuliani. I mean, how does that how does that work when a pastor endorses a guy who said, well, you know, I don't really believe all the Bible. I, I, I like the parts I like, but, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. like the other well, parts. What was it that Dean Lauren said about that? Because you asked him about that, and he, he seemed like it just doesn't match up. What do you mean? Unless they're paid off. You know, why is Pat Robertson going out on a limb and 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 saying he's hooked up with one of these candidates? Very curious. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. It it doesn't make sense unless they are hooked up, like money wise or something. You know, like oh, they're well, eating yeah. out of the same people's hands or you know they're connected somewhere. Well, uh, Robertson said that. Kind of like Billy Graham, you know, he's he's hooked up with him somewhere, right? Robertson said that America's mayor had won him over because, quote, to me, the overriding issue before the American people is the defense of our population from the bloodlust of Islamic terrorists. 
Our second goal should be to control of massive government waste and crushing federal deficits. Well, they can always say that. One of the things that Giuliani said last night, that he's reduced crime, he gave the numbers like a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, he did it all by himself. Him and his crooked buddy Carrick. Because Carrick yeah, was right. his, uh, the commissioner of the police right. then. Yeah, well, okay, you know what? That thing. makes it sound like they're maybe cooking the books. Yeah, you they're know, cooking like the as crime well. rate is not what they're actually saying it is. Wonder yeah. if back in the seventies. You they know what the crime rate based on? I'll tell you what, Mike. You know what? If I stop arresting people, the crime rate goes down, doesn't it? You know, I yes, just go yes, out. I, yes, you know what? Would. What I yep. do, I go out there and I arrest all the homeless people, all the prostitutes, all the victimless crimes that I can find, and I lock them all at Rikers Island. Right? I fill yep. that place to the hilt, and then yep. I stop arresting people. And then look what down. I did. That. Look what I just did. I filled the jails, so that's where all the bad people are. Yep. And now I'm not arresting anybody. So hey, there's no crime rate. Right. I fixed everything. Well, you know, that's what they started doing in the 70s, wasn't it? Just, and they started arresting everybody left and right. Everybody out, of the 40, everybody out of the 42nd Street area because they wanted to do a real estate deal, and they had to clean it up so they could boost the value of the property. Okay, and so that made it First thing, you see, Juli- listen, Giuliani's friends came in there while there were prostitutes and drug addicts laying all over the street, and they bought up all these run-down buildings, right? Yeah. Cheap. They bought yeah. them cheap, you know, comparatively speaking, for New York. Right. Then Giuliani cleans up the whole place, property uh, values rise, and these guys tear it down and develop them. Boy. Yeah, quite a deal, huh? Well, well. It's pretty simple. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, that, it doesn't take any rocket science. That is, but the thing see, is, listen. Whenever you can get government to help you out, that's when you can be a millionaire. Listen, uh, what's his name here? Robertson is nuts because I mean, listen. He says first thing is those bloodthirsty Islamic terrorists, which means he says he needs a guy who's going to continue this war on terror forever. Okay, we're never going to stop. We're going to take the American military and hunt them down all over the world. Wow, they're reading a script, aren't they? Well, I'll tell you what. His second goal, the control of massive government waste and crushing federal deficits. Where do you think those federal deficits are coming from? Spending a trillion dollars a year on this war on terror maybe is a good start for that. So how are you going to do both? You can't. It, it, it doesn't matter. You know, politicians always talk a good talk, whatever flavor they think they can get over on you. Plus, does... The defense of our population from the bloodlust of Islamic terrorists and the control of federal deficits, does that sound like a, a, a pastor, like a, you know, a religious you know, man? You I mean, know. I, I have never heard anyone ever say anything like that except when I'm watching you know, the news, you know, where it's CNN, somebody like that would read something off. You know, the thing is, though, I mean... Uh, okay, I, I'm not that ge- kind of an attitude. See, I'm not generally. I don't generally endorse people to, uh, you know, be one issue voters. You know, some people. Well, what do you think about abortion? And that's all they care about, and they're going to vote just on that issue. Yep, yep, well, what do you think about this? And that's it. That's yep. a one issue voter, and I don't generally think that's a good idea. But I'll tell you what. You know, if you're a pastor, I think you got to kind of be a one issue kind of guy. Going well, look. You know, if you don't believe in the Bible, uh, I can't endorse you. You know, I'm a pastor here. 
that would be going without saying it. Would seem oh, like yeah. To and the me. Other, geez, just, hey, 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 wait a minute. And the other <laughs> thing, too, gosh, I'm a pastor, and I, I kind of got to be against killing babies, too. And right. you're, You mean you're for that? You know, I'm a pastor, and I got to kind of be against guys wearing dresses, too. And, oh, wait a minute. What's this video here? You know, and I, I also got to be kind of against homosexuality, and you're, you're for that? And, you know, I got to be kind of a law and order guy because, you know, I mean, the Bible's kind of, you know, kind of into the law and order, you know, yeah. that sort of things. And, yeah, gee, be responsible. Uh, yeah, you know, everything Giuliani is goes against a religious guy endorsing him in my book. Me too. That's why I, when he said that, it's just like the, the only reason why you would do that is it's kind of like, uh, re- remember when Bush was running? And, you know, this lady said that she had to vote for him because her pastor yeah. told her she had to. Yeah. Okay, it kind of falls into that. But, hey, you know what? On the you know on the bright side, Pat Robertson's a nut and everybody knows he is because, you know, I mean, he did claim, okay? Robertson's the guy that did claim that the special protein shake that he was selling had made it possible for him to leg press 2,000 pounds. He said that? Yeah, and he also... Uh, he also said uh, God gave Ariel Sharon a massive stroke because uh, he let the Palestinians run the Gaza Strip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and of course, also, you know, uh, Chavez. Well, you know, yeah, I but eat. you know, but hey, to be fair, you know, he did apologize for saying the United States should assassinate the president of Venezuela. Yeah, you know, kind of got forced into yeah, apologizing for yeah. that. You know, I think he said what he really meant, and then it was a lie to cover up. Yeah, he's he's a crackpot, in other words. Uh, you know, so it doesn't much matter, and hopefully. The people out there, and I think they are, because look what everybody's going. Oh my gosh, we got to run away from you know Giuliani, and so they're they're making a mistake of running towards Huckabee. But you know, yeah, you know, as you say this, I, here's what's running through my mind. You know the the AOL, yeah, you know about the other survey. Uh huh. Do you think that's doctored, or do you think that's really a true, honest? I have no idea, really. I I got it. You know. One thing is try to vote more than once. If you can vote more than once, you know, it's who cares? Who cares what it says? Because, you know, if it lets you vote more than once, I, then, I, you know. Okay, you're saying that the people out here are doing it. I'm saying AOL can manipulate well, sure the numbers. Can. Of course they can. That's what I'm hey, thinking. Let's play something here. We can make to the Iraqi people is to give them their country back. That's the most important thing that we can do. Already, part of their country has been taken back. In the South, they claim the surge has worked, but the surge really hasn't worked. There's less violence, but El Sadr has essentially won in the South. The British are leaving. The brigade of El Sadr now is in charge, so they are getting their country back. They're in charge up north. The, uh, the, the, Shia, the uh, people in the north are in charge as well, and there's no violence up there or nearly as much. So let the people have their country back again. Just think of the, the cleaning up of the mess after we left Vietnam. Vietnam now is a friend of ours. We trade with them. The president comes here. What we achieved in peace was unachievable in 20 years of the French and the Americans being in Vietnam. So it's time for us to take care of America first. Senator McCain. Gee. You notice whenever, you know, like Ron Paul is saying something, they always want to run to another guy. You know, it's like right. 
You know, it's like, and cut him off. Like, yep. let him finish, let him wind down. Well, you know? the thing is, you see, they called on him, like, I, I heard this. They called him, like, Bogrights went through the times. Uh, and they called on him, like, four times, but he had less time than somebody they called on, like, three times. They don't give him a chance. Once he gets started, uh, time, 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 time. Right, time right. To, shh, quiet. We don't yep. really want to hear what you have to say. I know. And, you know, have you noticed the audience seems to really be behind Ron Paul? The only time they weren't was when he said, we need to get out of Iraq now. And and that's because there there's definitely a group of McCainites there. Well, those are the worst ones, aren't they? Well, I mean, they're nasty. McCain is nasty. His campaign is nasty, and his and and people who who want him as president are idiots because yeah. they don't know anything about McCain. And if they did, they'd be ashamed of themselves. That's, yeah, you're exactly right. For some, it's almost like you know. And I it, say, it, idiot, you know, bit. why I say idiots? That seems a little cruel. Uh, to call somebody who just doesn't know well, an idiot, but because well, the reason they're idiots is because the information's been out there since the last time he went ran for president. If you don't know about McCain by now, it's because you don't want to know. You're not paying attention. You remain ignorant, and that makes you stupid. Okay. Is he from Arizona? Yeah, okay. senator from Arizona. Yeah. you got to wonder so, about Arizona, okay. too. So what I'm thinking is, you know, in Atlanta, people pull for the Atlanta Braves. They may have not even watched a game before in their life, but since it's their hometown and everything, they kind of pull for him. I think that there's some of that. He, he somehow fits hometowns on some of these other places. Well, I know. People in America, we, we have such a problem with that sort of thing because, okay, here's – Here's uh what's her name? Oprah's gonna endorse yep, Obama. Yep, Why yep. do you think that is? Do you think that's because he's the best guy out there? Or do you think that's because she's black? He's black. Gee uh, golly, we gotta we gotta vote for Huckabee because why? Well, because he says he's a Christian and we're Christians. He used to be a pastor for crying out loud. We have to vote for him. It's insane. You gotta listen to these people, what they're saying, not who they are, or what they I look like. I like going a person's Golly. track record, not what they say. Well, that's true. If they've got a track record, uh, that's the thing to look at in something like this. But you also at least gotta listen to them. Sure. I mean, you know, anyway, let's let's do one more. Right? Okay. I think we got a time for one uh, more here. 30 seconds. And we will Congressman Paul, I know a lot of, we'll get everyone in on this. Congressman Paul, just want to allow, allow you to respond. Short, shortly after the Vietnam War ended, Colonel Tu and Colonel Summers met, and they were talking about this. And our uh, and, and the American colonel said, you know, we never lost one battle. And Colonel Two, the Vietnamese, says, yes, but that's irrelevant. And it is irrelevant. But we have to realize why they want to come here. Wolfowitz even admitted that one of the major reasons that the Al-Qaeda was organized and energized was because of our military base in Saudi Arabia. He says, oh, now we can take the base away. He understood why they came here. They come here because we're occupying their country. Just as we would object if they occupied our country. Well, the audience got got up in the battle on that one. See, got the crowd upset there. You know why? Because McCain was giving his, I'm a war hero, and by golly, we're, you know, we got to do this like uh, we got to stay there, and we got to fight it out and tough it out, and blah, 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 and blah, so blah. And the, surge, and the yeah. surge is working, by golly. We're doing a lot better. We haven't lost one thing. And you know what? That's absolutely true, what Paul is saying about 
They didn't lose one battle in Vietnam, but we lost the war. So winning battles doesn't matter. Surge, surge or no surge, we could be doing great on the surge right now, and it doesn't matter. We are losing this war. We lost this war the minute we walked into that country and decided we were going to occupy it. That's when we lost this war. We didn't lose this war when we bombed the place. We didn't lose this war when we rolled on into Baghdad. We lost this war when we decided we weren't going to leave. Well, the only thing I can add to what you just said is I heard Bush in an announcement. Like, where was he at a couple of days ago in front of a... I don't know, probably, like, uh, you know, sacrificing like, children Nations, in front of some the, altar. There was some kind of big meeting, okay? And he, and I think, he, I'm just guessing this, he probably said peace 13 times in two minutes, okay? You know, we're going there and we're going to have peace and, <laughs> and that, that the people over in the Middle East were causing all this trouble and everything. And it, anyway, to make a long story short, here's what he, he was saying in my view, is the people over there are I don't like the mark of the beast system, and they're putting up a resistance, and so we have to take them out. You know? So we've got to get Satan's like thing going all around the world, and... We will have peace after we get this established, the mark of the beast. Well, now, that's what he's really saying, and if you know that's what he's saying, then, you know, but he makes it sound like you know he, what? that he's for me and you. The thing is, government doesn't ever work unless you can get everybody to buy into it. Communism doesn't work as long as ever, unless everybody's into it. Neither does democracy. Because what about the 49% that just lost? What if they decide, you know what? We're not going for this. Yeah, we lost the election. So what? There's 49% of us and 51% of you. If you try to enforce this law on us, we'll kill you. And we'll have a nice big civil war. What do you think would happen then? We'd be in perpetual war. See, the whole thing is peace to them means no more resistance. Right, peace right. to them means, oh, yeah, peace means you're dead because dead people are very peaceful. Right, right. It, that's exactly what We're going to have peace here if I have to kill everybody in the whole country. It's basically But, but what thing. they want is no resistance to the mark of the base system. That's right. You know, and, and for some reason we think that, that it's for a different reason. Well, we've got, we've got little hawks up there like John McCain. Uh, trying to wheel out his Vietnam experience like that was some sort of good thing, like that worked out good, like we won, or, or you know, what know. are you kidding me? That didn't work out good. It was a national tragedy. Why exactly. wouldn't we want to do that again? And and people just don't seem to get it. Oh, he's a hero. He knows. Boy, oh, boy. Listen to him tell him about torture. <laughs> you know, he's got one thing right. John McCain has one thing right. We should never ever torture anyone because you know what it's not about them it's about us and if we drag ourselves down to the troglodyte level that they're at right, and start right. torturing people then we're no better than them and we've got exactly. nothing left to fight for i i totally agree but see this thing's all turned around that's yep. what i meant about bush he makes a statement to make you think he's a christian and he's trying to bring actual godliness to an area. Well, it's very disappointing when you hear a crowd of Americans booing peace. I, I, 
And and well, see, things are so scrambled in America. People don't know up or down. You know, it's it's very it's disappointing. It's well, we had a great time here anyway. You got a tough job. You had to come on here and talk with me once a week. You know, <laughs> that's a tough job. Somebody has to do it. Well, I got to try to get a word in edgewise. That's the tough part. Anyway, you're getting better at it, Mike. Getting great, better at great. getting your time in. There you go. All righty, Mike. Thanks for being on, folks. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to rerun the uh, earlier section from, uh, well, earlier today. Mike was on then, too. And you can catch up if you missed it. After that comes uh, American Disquisition and Bogue Rights. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Frank Report. Whether you call it commercial redemption or accept it for value, The Commerce Game Exposed is the book that will help you understand this process. The fact is, there is no lawful money in circulation. The explanation and details as to how this happened are enlightening, and the instructions concerning what one can do with this information are detailed and easy to understand. Utilizing this process is not for everyone, but learning how lawful money has been turned into commercial debt instruments should be of concern to everyone. The Commerce Game Exposed book is a good tool to learn the commercial nature of the new world order. To order the Commerce Game Exposed, go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050. How do I love to listen to AVR? Let me count the ways. Listen online to your choice of seven streams by going to theamericanvoice.com. For those who don't have access to a computer, you can listen on your phone through our phone bridge Monday through Friday from 9 to 9 Pacific by calling 1-712-580-1100. Enter the code 97524-POUND. This is not toll-free, but if you have unlimited long-distance or cell minutes, it's great. Turn on your speakerphone so everyone can hear AVR or go about your daily routine while you listen online or on the phone. We're also on KU Band Satellite and on many FM stations, so look for us there too. Go to theamericanvoice.com for more details. And while you're there, check out our news page for the latest alternative news. When to see the captain Strangers I could find Laid my proposition down Played it on the line I won't slave for various pain Likewise go Yeah.
Break Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. And yes, I know, I'm a few minutes late. That's just the way it goes. It's nice to be the decider, isn't it? That I can decide when I'm going to go on. Not really, but it was unavoidable. And here I am, better late than never. It's only a few minutes anyway. And uh, did I tell you, I'm Francis Stephan. I'm the host of The Frank Report. And it's about 8.07 in the evening out here on the Pacific Coast. It's December 3rd, the year 2007. Those of you out there who have been watching the news know that here in Oregon, we've been having some pretty bad weather. The whole Oregon coast is out of power. They got no lights. They are down and out. They uh, got no phones, no power, no nothing. Uh, Pacific Power, the electric company, won't even answer the phones because they just have a recording saying, we're sorry, we're busy. <laughs> there's uh, you know, there's no power for this many millions of people along the coast, and uh, we've got every crew in the state there. And... Uh, we're not able to fix it either because the storm is still storming. It's raging. The wind, the rain is still coming. But, hey, other than that, it's paradise. And here in the uh, protected valley of the Rogue in southern Oregon, you know, we had some wind and rain, but not too bad. We haven't lost power, thank God. And uh, we're, we're here. We're doing it. So, anyway, you just heard Dan Howard on Outrage Patriots. Great show, good topic. I'll tell you what, we've got a real problem with uh, illegal immigration, and it needs to be dealt with. But, you know, it's, it's good that people focus. I am, I am so glad to have guys like Dan Howard that get on here and focus on this issue of illegal immigration. And then we've got the Arapa Hour, and they get on here, and they focus on the, uh, uh, you know, they focus on the... Uh, issue of the national identification system. Because you know what? Yeah, they deal with it from animal identification. But you know what? They also realize the bigger issue, and they deal with the bigger issue, and that's a big issue on itself. Do you really want to chip in you? Do you really want to be tracked every moment? Do you really want to be injected with a RFID chip that will cause cancer? Do you really want that in your animals or in yourself? Well, that's why they're addressing that issue. We've got Marcel Benchadler who addresses the legal aspect of things and the fact that, you know what, you've got to stand and you've got to tell them, um, look, you're going to have to start following the rules when it comes to me. And if you know what you're doing, you might spend some time in jail. You might, you know what, you might even lose. But the thing is, it's a long fight, and you better be ready, and you better be educated. You know, and that's what he's doing. You know, and Drew brings us the stuff from uh, the police and military perspective. V Headlines tells us the other side of the story on Venezuela. tells us the facts about Venezuela. Not the propaganda out of Fox News, out of the White House, out of D.C., but the facts. And you know what? Sometimes the facts aren't all pro-Chavez. Chavez is a man. Chavez makes mistakes. Chavez doesn't do everything perfectly. But overall, he's been good for Venezuela and continues to be good for Venezuela. Maybe not so good for U.S. foreign policy, but you know what? That's like us going, well, I don't know. George Bush is... Uh, 
you know, he's not really doing that good for the American people, but golly, he's done swell for the Saudi Arabians, and he's done really great for the Chinese. So, yeah, hey, let's not impeach him. Oh, wait, the American people have already done that. And you've elected people like Nazi Pelosi to stand there in Congress when you voted specifically for a change to say, oh, no, we're taking that off the table. Meanwhile, can you imagine? I mean, can you even imagine back anymore impeaching a president because he messed around with an intern in, in, in effect, folks, the United States Congress impeached a president for cheating on his wife. <laughs> now, I'm not condoning cheating on your wife. I'm surprised Bill's still alive, given who the wife was in this, <laughs> in this thing, other than, you know, there's rumors she doesn't really like guys, that Bill was just a, a kind of a cute little... Uh, trinket to carry around with her on her way to the top, but that aside, it's certainly not an impeachable offense. Now, did Bill Clinton do things that he should have been impeached for? Oh, yeah, you darn right he did. Swindling, murder, selling secrets to the Chinese, yeah, all that stuff. He should have been, should have been given a fair trial. And if found guilty, hanged by the neck till dead. For treason. Yeah. I'd say selling uh, miniaturization, uh, uh, miniaturization technology to the Chinese qualifies as that. Golly, I wonder how they figured out how to make a sub, a diesel electric sub, so quiet that it could actually pop up in the middle of the uh, fleet of the United States Navy undetected. Go figure, huh? I wonder how they got to figure out how to blow our satellites out of the sky. <laughs> Where did they get that technology? I wonder. Oh, there were plenty of reasons to impeach Bill Clinton, all right. And what did they do? They picked the one. The only one, pretty much, that couldn't succeed. You... Dirty man, you cheated on your wife. You took advantage of a young lady uh, by using your position of power as president. Of course, it was all consensual, and she was of age, so there really wasn't any crime that way, but it just wasn't right, Bill, so we're going to impeach you. Well, how far did that go? It went to the Senate, and he was found innocent. That's how far it went. But yet... Nazi Pelosi tells us that, oh no, George Bush Jr. and Dick Cheney, that's taken off the table to impeach them. Why is that? Why is that? What, because, because Jr. hasn't got caught with an intern? Man, just the election fraud alone should be enough. I know there's, there's, there's a whole millions upon millions of Americans out there going, what election fraud? I'm serious. And they think I'm a conspiracy nut when I say so. Folks, I suggest you get out there. I suggest you start talking to your family, your neighbors, and everything else.
everybody else, anybody you can think of. No, not just at the local patriot movement. Not just down at the diner with all your patriot pals that all feel the same way you do and you know they do. No, no. Meet some new people. Meet some people that you know aren't going to go along with it right off the bat because you know what? They need to be told. They need. So what if they think you're crazy? So what if they think you're crazy? And they're going to think you're crazy. You're going to walk away shaking your head, looking at the ground, wondering what planet you just arrived on. You're going to talk to people who call themselves conservative Republicans. And they're going to say, Ron who? Oh, I heard he's a libertarian. Oh, I heard he's an isolationist. That's what you're going to hear. And then when you start telling them about him, they're going to start to ridicule you. Yes, completely ignorant morons telling you you're crazy, telling you you don't know what you're talking about, and you're going to sit there going, what? You don't even know who I'm talking about, and you think you've got something to say to me. Don't give up. It's tough not to give up. Don't give up. Try to be nice. Try to explain it to them. Try not to call them moron more than two or three times. It's going to be tough. And folks, just understand, that's why they ridicule you. That's why they make fun of you. That's why they poke fun like that. You know why? They're covering up their own ignorance. Because once you start talking facts, once they start realizing you know something they don't know, They become defensive because Americans fear one thing more than anything else in the world, and that's looking stupid. Because while we'll sit all day and watch sitcoms on TV where every man in America is portrayed as a blithering idiot who would choke on his own drool and not be able to feed himself or wash his clothes or hold a job or anything else if it wasn't for the little lady. Have you noticed that in sitcoms? We'll watch that. And we'll make fun of the the people and we'll laugh. And why? Because we are deathly afraid that somebody's going to think that's us. That we're stupid. That somehow we don't know something. Because you know why? Because everybody knows America's a fraud. Down deep, everybody knows America is a fraud. A thin little empty eggshell is what America has become. Now I'm wondering why this phone rang over here. Do we have a caller? No, we don't. Okay, somebody, an advertisement, no doubt, called the wrong number. The thing is, now I'm not anti-American. You know, that's the other thing that the conservative Republicans will tell you. Oh, you're an anti-American. No. No, I'm an American who is willing to look at the truth. And the truth is, America's a fraud. 
We project all this military power and might, call ourselves the only superpower left, and you know what? It's a fraud. We have just about enough military to defend the continental United States if we brought them all back home to the continental United States. But guess what? They're not here. They're in, what, 162 different countries around the planet? Folks, the gates are open. There's nobody home. We don't have any military might. And what do we do? We take our huge carrier force, the biggest behemoths on the ocean ever built, nuclear-powered, more firepower than, <laughs> than the whole German army had, probably. What do we do with it? We put it in a fishbowl where it's a sitting duck? Yeah, smart move, Admiral. should drive it back and forth between the Strait of Hormuz a few times, too. That sounds like a good idea. Do you realize, folks, how vulnerable those ships are in that gulf? Do you understand and have a concept of how much room it takes to operate a task force, a carrier task force? It takes an ocean. That's what it takes. And they've got it in a lake. What happens? Let's take an analogy. What happens with a big, really big heavyweight boxer who doesn't move too good, but I'll tell you what, man, if he ever connects, he'll knock your block off, put you down, one punch, bang! Of course, he's got to be able to hit you. What if he can't move? Have you ever noticed that in a boxing round when you've got a bigger guy and a smaller guy? What does the smaller guy try to do? He tries to get up underneath you. He tries to stay real close to you. So close you can't hit him. That's the, that's the Persian Gulf, folks. To our carriers, that's the Persian Gulf. And what's going to happen if a couple of our carriers, or if even one of our carriers gets sunk in the Gulf? What do you think is going to happen then? Can you say World War III? Although, in reality, unless we do something. See, and that's where it's at, folks. World War III has already started. Iraq is Poland. Actually, I guess Iraq is more like France. No, not France. France. The Rhineland. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up in my time frame here. The Rhineland. Okay? Iraq is the Rhineland. Just like Europe and the rest of the world allowed Hitler to roll on into Austria and the Rhineland. 
Because they justify it by saying, well, you know, technically, uh, the Austrians really want to be kind of annexed into Germany, and the Rhineland actually was kind of Germany's before World War One. so we're going to let it go, because, you know, actually, it's not so bad. Gee. The rest of the world's kind of letting Iraq go because, well, you know, that Saddam Hussein was really a terrible guy. I mean, he did a lot of bad, bad, terrible, nasty things. And really, the Iraqi people probably would be better if he was gone. And, hey, the part we're all missing here is that while he's doing all those terrible, horrible things, he was an ally of the United States government, a CIA asset. Let's not forget that, too, huh? And you know why he was doing all those horrible, terrible things? It's because that's what CIA assets do. They do horrible, terrible, rotten things. Because that's the kind of folks the CIA associates with. Birds of a feather flock together. So, now is that anti-American? I don't know, you tell me. Was JFK anti-American? Was he? Go ahead, say it. Somebody out there say it. How about one of you conservative Republicans out there? Say, yeah, he was. Rotten commie Democrat. Expose yourself as a true idiot. Go ahead and say, JFK was anti-American. Because you know why I bring that up? is because JFK wanted to break the CIA into a thousand pieces. In other words, he wanted the CIA gone. Well, how come? Well, because they're dirty, rotten, lousy, stinking criminals. That's why. And they do the bidding of the world bankers. Now, I brought that up before. I found out by going online and just looking at, hmm, golly, look at the flow chart here. Wow, look at all these head guys from the World Bank going to the CIA and from the CIA and the World Bank and the IMF. Huh. And the Federal Reserve, gee. It's like they've got a little lateral transfer program going on. Oh, that's probably just a coincidence. Bottom line is, you know what? We can't keep ignoring our problems in this country, folks, because if things are allowed to keep going the way they're going, the Rhineland's going to turn into Poland, and Iran is Poland. Because once we attack Iran, just like when Hitler attacked Poland... The game was on. Because I really got serious doubts that Russia and China and even Saudi Arabia, because, you know, the prince in Saudi Arabia can say what he wants, but the people, the Wahhabi in Saudi Arabia, you know, where all the terrorists came from, supposed terrorists, once that happens... I don't think we're going to be having many friends left anymore. And the remaining superpower, I don't think is going to do too well against China and the, I almost call them Soviet Union. Let's just stick with Russia. Oh, not to mention Iran, okay? Not to mention Iran. Because it's not like Iran is Iraq. They're not. There's something we need to understand as as Americans here, too. 
Bo Greitz comes on and he, he tells you the difference between, look, this is what Muslims are like. You've got to understand your enemy. Just because you want to understand somebody, just because you learn about them, just because you know about them, doesn't mean you necessarily want to be pals with them. It's just, you need to know your enemy. And while the Iranians are Muslim, just like a lot of Iraqis, they are not Arab. And that means something. They are not Arab. The Iranians are Persian. They're different than Arabs. Okay? And uh, let's see. When it comes to fighting a war against them, and you're against them, they're different and not in a good way. They're different in, like, say, hmm, fight to the death sort of way. I'll tell you, it'd be a big mistake, but it's one that is on track and moving forward. And Hillary Clinton, Rudy Giuliani, Fred Thompson, Mitt Romney, uh, John McCain, Mike Huckabee, all of them will roll us down that path. The deck is stacked, folks. Don't you get it? Wouldn't you do the same for crying out loud if you were evil, had no morals, and were going to hell and knew it and didn't care? Like all the rulers of this world? Illuminati, uh, Bilderbergers, whatever you want to call them. They're the elite running the place, and they don't care. They've got no morals. They don't care about right and wrong. All they care about is what they want. They are infested with the spirit of Satan. I'm convinced of it. And they have stacked the deck. And if that was you or me, we would do the same thing because it's just smart. If I was going to go to a horse race, wouldn't I want all the horses on my side, no matter who won, I win? Wouldn't that be swell? Well, that's the presidential race except for... Ron Paul. Ron Paul. And you know, if somebody asked me, well, how do you know Ron Paul isn't one of them? Maybe he's just got a real good front. Well, you know what? If that's true, then, hey, you win. Because if he's got that good of a front, and has been able to prop up a fantastic voting record for 20 years, well, i got to say, you know what? (laughs) You deserve to win. Because, man, talk about deep cover. 20 years of voting constitutionally as a cover. Hmm, that's an interesting theory. And I'm the conspiracy nut. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes. No, Stay I tuned. Could not caution all. I still might want a few. Don't lend your hand to raise no flag. The top no ship of fools. Ship of fools. 
Grandma used to say, Johnny, eat your greens. She knew something about health that we've mostly forgotten. Most of us get little or no greens daily. Four Spectrum Chlorella gives five times the chlorophyll of any plant on earth for cleansing inside out and 50 times more lutein than spinach for healthy eyes. All eight essential amino acids, over 60% high-grade protein, and numerous vitamins and minerals. The cracked cell wall absorbs toxins, even heavy metals, and flushes them out of your system. Four Spectrum Clean Green Superfood is a whole food concentrate with no negative side effects. 100% plant source dehydrated chlorella, pressed into tablets using no binders, fillers, excipients, colorings, or other additives. One month supply, $35, two months, only $60 postpaid. Read more at Four Spectrum.us. That's number four, Spectrum.us. Call 903-714-7767. That's 903-714-7767. Order today. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating, gasoline reserves are low, and the price is rising. World events are, at best, uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. This is the evening edition of the Frank Report, and it's about 8.34 out here on the Pacific Coast. It's uh, December 3rd, the year 2007. That's still Monday around here. And uh, if that's when it is where you are, you can call in 1-800-433-1429. And if you're in the United States, you can do that. If you're not, or if you want to save us the uh, toll-free call, you can call 541- 
826-8732. It'll get you on the air either way. Anyhow, uh, let's get on to some other stuff, okay? We'll bring you some news rather than just my ranting and raving. But I'll tell you, folks, you, you need to... You really, really do need to get out of the bubble. And I know some of you aren't in a bubble. I mean, some of you, you know, deal with people every single day that don't believe you. And and I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, I'm probably talking to myself about that because I am in a bubble. You know, but every once in a while, you know, I step out of and talk to people when I can. And, (laughs) oh, man, it, uh, you know, it's it's not always. I, I do get more, really? Than I used to, but I still get, uh, you know, who. <laughs> it, it's odd because I get more. No, that's not true. No, that's completely wrong. No, that's crazy. From the people who I used to feel more politically in tune with, which was the people who call themselves conservatives, Republican conservatives. And, you know, I actually. It's hard to say that, too, isn't it? Because are you really conservative? Because I'm not. I'm conservative in some areas. But I'm liberal in other areas. I'm conservative fiscally. Okay? Obviously, the Republican Party isn't. Well, neither is the Democrats. Apparently, there's no room for fiscal responsibility or conservatism in America, but I'm one. Uh, I'm constitutionally conservative. Meaning, if it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage. A literalist, if you will. And that's the problem with saying, well, I believe the Constitution was inspired by God. Because then it gets to be an interpretation of faith rather than the law. Now, back in ancient Israel, perhaps making that designation would be okay because, see, they were under the law. That's what the Bible, that's what the book meant to them was the law. Now it's peace and love and charity and faith. Which is a good thing. But not when it comes to a constitution. When it comes to the constitution, it is what it is and that's the law. Period. Men wrote it. And if they put up their hand and take an oath to defend it, they're supposed to uphold it. They're not doing it. That's a conservative when it comes to the Constitution. Now people go, well, you're one of them constitutionalists. You know what? Think about that, folks. When people go, oh, you're one of them constitutionalists. Are you kidding me? Hello? You know, this is America? What do you think founded this country? What do you think this country is based on? What do you think all your freedoms are? They, they, they sprang from. Where do you think they're protected exactly? That constitution. You know, that's where. People say it like it's a dirty word, like you're a constitutionist. 
Just like, oh, you're an isolationist. You know, and that's not even accurate. And I'm glad Ron Paul pointed that out, that he is not an isolationist. Okay? He doesn't want to go running around the world empire building. There's a difference between, uh, let's see, we're not going to run around the world and enforce our views and our way of life on the rest of the planet. But, you know, hey, we'll trade with you and talk with you, and, uh, you know, hey, you live your way, we'll live our way, and uh, we'll be pals. Yeah, that's isolationist. People say that about building a fence on the border. Oh, you want to build a wall, huh? Well, that's, what are you, an isolationist? Uh, hmm, let's see. No, I think I'm more of a, I don't know. I want the law, you know what, if the law has to be enforced on me, then I want it enforced on everyone. If I have to have a driver license without being, you know, if I can't drive down the road without a driver license, insurance, and registration, without being harassed, having my stuff taken from me, and, uh, you know, having to deal with legal issues for, for years, then I don't want Mexicans allowed to walk on over the border, hop a job, go to the emergency room when they got a sniffles, send their kids through school, all through American infrastructure. You know why I don't want that? Because it's illegal. That's why. And for the courts to rule that schools got to educate every child is ludicrous. What are they basing that on? What are they basing that on? See, folks, we're no longer a nation of laws. And that's the problem. We are a nation of men. Very few men. Old. Crippled. Up. Should be in a home, men. Take a look. Take a good look at the Supreme Court. Tune on in the C-SPAN and look what's rolling around the halls of Congress. You gotta be kidding me. It looks like the geriatric ward. And I don't have any disrespect or anything wrong with elderly people. But I'll tell you what. There's no fool like an old fool. And it seems every one of them ends up in the United States Senate. And why is that? You Okay, you want an example? Let's look at Ted Kennedy, shall we? What is wrong with you people in Massachusetts? You know, really, I mean... It, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unimaginable. What is wrong with you? Don't you have any other communists in that whole state that you could elect for Senate? How about somebody who hasn't killed a girl through a drunken driving, run away from the scene of an accident sort of thing? Can't you find anybody in the whole state better than him? I think you could. But you don't. Why is that? Mitt Romney? Are you joking me? He's going to give the speech now, you know. Oh, yeah, he's going to give the speech about faith. A Mormon. A Mormon. Folks, you don't know anything about Mormonism. Hang on a second, folks. I got to take a little uh, commercial break here. Got a little... uh some sort of sound outside that doesn't sound good. Uh, I'll be back in just a second. Stay, stay tuned, would you? No, I could not. 
Vitamin E prevents internal blood clots, but not all vitamin E is equal. Would you like to get a vitamin E that makes blood flow more smoothly than Plavix, but with no harmful side effects? For Spectrum Natural Unesterified Vitamin E Complex has been called WD-40 for your blood. It actually lubricates the blood while it dissolves plaque. It prevents platelet aggregation and internal clotting. It neutralizes smoke, fumes, waste, and other harmful free radicals. Doctors report relief from angina, painful leg cramps, strokes, fibrocystic breast tumors, circulation problems, and much more. Get one bottle for $35 postpaid, two bottles for only $60 postpaid. Restore this vital nutrient removed from your food supply through food processing. Read more at 4spectrum.us, spelled number 4spectrum.us. Call 800-581-8906. That's 800-581-8906. Order today. too bad was it one one commercial hey just think if we did that every 12 minutes you know play three commercials every 12 minutes hey we'd be just like just like the big networks huh wouldn't that be fun what an ugly way to do a show man tough on the host no wonder people do three and four hour shows when you can only do like seven minutes at a time anyhow uh Mitt Romney's about to do the speech on the, you know, thing. But he's going to avoid questions directly about Mormonism. And of course he would, folks. Because you see, if you knew about Mormonism, you'd go, what, are you kidding me? I am going to take my Book of Mormon. And I am going to find select sections. Because I'm not just going to take lines, because I do want to present it in context. I'm not trying to be unfair. I just assume each and every one of you go out there, go find your nearest Church of Latter-day Saints, ask them for a Book of Mormon, they'll give it to you, and read it. And you'll come to the same conclusion. They are not a Christian religion. They have another testament of Jesus Christ. Well, you see, there's a problem with that. Skip to the last chapter of your King James Bible, and you'll find out there at the end it says bad things happen to somebody who adds or takes away from that prophecy. So another testament. Mm. Then there's Jesus saying that many will come in my name saying I am Christ. What is it when you're saying I have another testament of Jesus Christ? Hello? But yet that's lost on us, because he's such a nice man, and he has a family. He's raised children, by golly. Yeah, he's raised children to avoid military service, just like himself. Yet he wants to be commander-in-chief? I don't know. I don't know. Governor of New Hampshire, not New Hampshire, sorry, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. Land of Ted Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's a Republican. He's a Republican just like Rudy Giuliani's a Republican. 
now. How many of you out there know that Rudy Giuliani used to be a Democrat? Huh? Any of you? See, when you've got a so-called Republican in charge of a place like New York City, liberal communist bastion of the world, or Massachusetts, liberal state of the world, both promote gays, both promote abortion. Hello, Republican conservatives. Are you kidding me with these two? Anyhow, I think we've got a caller this time. Go ahead, caller. You are live on the air, so watch what you say. Frank? Yes. Well, this is Dana in Texas. I thought I could catch you off the air. Nope, you didn't. Can I call you back when you're off the air? Well, uh, I suppose, but uh, you'll have to do it quick after the show. Okay. Don't you want to be on the air? No, you're bringing up a subject that we had talked about one night last week, and I'd really like to talk to you a little bit about it over the off the air. All right. Okay. Thanks, Dana. All right. Well, there you go. Almost a caller. Anyhow, let's see here. Uh, Rasmussen says, I had the poll here a second ago. They say that uh, Rudy Giuliani... Is seen now. Get this. He's seen as the most electable. McCain, Romney, and Huckabee are all tied for second in this category. McCain electable? Are you kidding me? Man, I, 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 Huckabee electable? You know, and they they've got the nerve to say things like, "Well, you know." Romney and Huckabee were governors. They've run a state. McCain's been in the Senate for so long. He's run for president so many times that, well, he must know something. And then we've got Rudy Giuliani. Why, he was a mayor. Granted, mayor of a big city. Let me tell you something about a mayor, though. On a little scale... A mayor has a lot of power. Okay? You don't want a president exercising the kind of power a mayor exercises, folks. He doesn't have the authority. Yeah, you know, Rudy Giuliani doesn't care much about authority. He'll just do what he wants. Now, Rasmussen reports uh, the daily presidential tracking poll for Monday shows Giuliani's got 20% support nationwide. While Huckabee attracts 17%, Fred Thompson is at... 14%. John McCain is at 13%. You see, that is the most puzzling thing to me ever. John McCain at 13% ahead of Mitt Romney, who's got 11. And Ron Paul attracts only 7%, they say. Oh, man. Uh, I, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. I'll tell you, it's just, it's a fraud, it's a lie, it's a deception. You can't believe anything any of these people say in CNN, Fox News, Rasmussen, or any of the others. If they're reported in the media, the mainstream, it's, it's, it's a fraud. 
They are deliberately ignoring Ron Paul. Why? Well, because we'd notice if they killed him, and that's why. And that's really the bottom line. That's why they're ignoring him, because if they killed him, we'd notice something. They can only get away with so many murders. They figure. Uh, anyway, now we heard we heard some today, three-hour special about Venezuela on uh, Drew's show and V Headlines. Basically covered Venezuela because they had an election down there about amendments to their constitution. They wanted to make something like 69 changes to their constitution. 69 amendments all at once to the constitution. Could you imagine? I mean, could you imagine that? Can you even consider? of that in America I mean that amounts to a constitutional convention I mean that amounts to a new constitution you got 69 amendments hello I mean that isn't even the same constitution anymore but that's what they wanted to do and they put up for a vote and Venezuelan people decided not to do that by a very slim margin by the way and a huge, not a majority, but 44% of the people decided not to even vote, that could vote. So, you know, while that's going on, and, and to President Chavez's uh, honor, he's, he's handling it fairly well. You know, he's not gone crazy or anything. He did tie himself to a yes vote here, but hey, they voted no, and uh, it's no. So that's how that went. But then on the other hand, they had an election in Russia also. And it's been said to be the dirtiest election going that's ever been done in in uh, Russia. Isn't that something? We didn't hear anything about it. And I want to point out something else too. Okay. Now, just because I say, you know, the mainstream media, you can't trust anything they say, I mean that. That doesn't mean I don't go and read what they say. Because I'll tell you what, folks, you can learn a lot from what they say, and you can usually learn more from what they don't say. Wash it through some of the other stuff you read on the Internet. Now, let me point something out about the Drudge Report. Earlier today... There was no less than four or five stories with pictures on the front there about the dirtiest election ever in Russia. And now there's one little link down at the bottom. Did somebody tell old Matt that we don't want this talked about very much? We don't want this talked about very loud? So keep it down, would you, Matt? Is that what happened? I wonder about that when I see stuff like that happen, and I see it happen more than you would think, to where something will pop up and be all over the place, really big, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Vladimir Putin has brushed off unprecedented international criticism of Russians, Russia's parliamentary elections. 
And why is this important? Why are the parliamentary elections so important right now? I'll tell you why. Because old Putin here, his term's about over. And he's going to get out of this position and be in another position. And he needs the parliament to go along with that. The Russian president said the elections on Sunday were legitimate. In spite of widespread complaints of abuses and claims that the polls were unfair and deeply flawed. You know, maybe that's why Putin came to Kenny Bunkport to talk to Pa and the kid in secret at the family home. Rather than just seeing the president down at Crawford at the ranch where he meets all the other presidents or in Washington, D.C. Maybe he came there to ask him, hey, you've successfully thrown two elections. How'd you do it? And maybe the answer was, well, you just do it. And then when everybody catches you and points at you, you just deny it. It'll go away. They'll forget about it. Just deny it. Deny it. Get your media to deny it. Germany said that, quote, measured by our standards, it was neither a free, fair, nor democratic election. Gee, that's pretty rough. Not free, not fair, and not democratic. But... The British foreign minister called on Russia's Central Election Commission to urgently investigate all allegations of electoral abuses. Yes, let's have an investigation. European election observers said there had been frequent abuses of administrative resources, media coverage strongly in favor of the ruling party. Wow, that doesn't go on here, does it? I mean, Ron Paul is basically blacked out of the media. The only time you ever get to see him is when he's winning a debate, which is every time he's in one. That's why they want to cancel him out of the debates, is because he wins them every time, and that's the only forum he now has out in the public unless he's willing to buy ads on his own. Winning debate after debate after debate, raising more money than any other Republican in one day being in financially better shape than most of the other candidates, all but two others. And I'll tell you what, he's in better shape than Romney. Romney's upside down in debt, most of it to himself, so I bet you it'll be forgiven. But nevertheless, it's debt all the same. And what does that show for Romney? When he has to loan his own campaign that kind of money, it means he doesn't have any support for real. He's a shill. He's a fraud. He's a straw man. He's a rich boy playing at running for president. Okay, frequent abuse. uh, Strongly in favor of the ruling party and an election code whose cumulative effect hindered political pluralism. But Mr. Putin said the 64.1% victory for the pro-Kremlin United Russia Party, whose ticket he headed was a signal of trust. It's now clear to me that Russians will never allow their country to develop along the destructive path seen in some other countries of the former Soviet Union. He said that. 
The result is expected to provide a platform for Mr. Putin to remain Russia's most influential politician while complying with a constitutional bar on more than two consecutive presidential terms by stepping down next year. Gee, you know what? I didn't read this story before I said what I said. But there it is. The result is expected to provide a platform for Mr. Putin to remain Russia's most influential politician. While investors saw the parliamentary poll as paving the way for a smooth transition to a new president, Mr. Putin's intended role remained unclear, and there were more signs on Monday of infighting among political elite. Man. Unbelievable. Well... Who cares? That's Russia. We got our own problems, folks. We got our own election that's going to be rigged and fixed and be non-democratic, if we have one at all. And, folks, it's already being rigged. It's being rigged right in front of you. Do you... Now, I don't... Okay, look. I don't care if you like Ron Paul or not. I don't care if you like Tom Tancredo or not. Do you think these guys are getting a fair shake? Do you? Do you think uh, Duncan Hunter's getting a fair shake? Do you think they're getting... The same amount of time, the same amount of coverage as Rudy Giuliani, as Fred Thompson. And why is Fred Thompson getting all this attention? Hasn't raised that much money. He's not doing that well in the polls. All he did was make a grandstand play to wait until he uh, got all the attention and then throw his hat in the ring so he could avoid most of the uh, debates. And once he finally got in a debate, we realized why he didn't want to be in any of the debates. Because he stinks. That's why. He's got a couple of cute one-liners, and that's about all Fred Thompson's got to give. Hey, but you know, maybe it's enough to be president, huh? Because chances are that the next president isn't really going to be running the place anyway. Kind of like now. Kind of like with Clinton. Kind of like with Reagan, kind of like it's always been. Hmm. Anyway, folks, we better get smart and get smart quick because there is World War III looming. If it was just our little political problems, it'd be one thing. But we've got maniacs in charge. They're about to ignite a nuclear confrontation in the Middle East among China, Russia, and the United States with Iran as the spark. I don't think you want any part of that. I know I don't. But that's the path we're on. And that's the way we're going to go unless you and me and millions of other Americans put a stop to it. Anyway, that's tonight's show. And uh, unlike what some hosts say, we have more exciting overnight broadcasting here on AVR. And uh, we'll be with you again tomorrow. Stay tuned uh First thing in the morning out here, 9 a.m., if that's first thing in the morning, we'll have the American Disquisition with Drew Malone Reigns again tomorrow. Thanks for listening, folks. Stay it tuned. It later than I thought When I first believed you Now I cannot share your life
Gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Monday, November 2nd, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hello, Melody. Well, it's good to know you set your clocks back. You made it. Well, actually, I had nothing to do with it. That was a that was a courtesy provided by Microsoft, and whoever <laughs> operates really is operating my computer. I know. <laughs> we have certainly become lazy, have we not? They yeah, even set our we, they know, even I, set our clocks for us. I don't know why they even bother telling us that the time is changing. They just automatically change on the computer, and just, we just go along with it. Whatever it is, I, you know. The computer says that it must be true. It must be true. Yep. Well, it is true for gold today. We're down seven bucks for gold at eleven thirty five. Eleven thirty five. Silver's down twelve cents, fifteen fifty two. Had a nice recovery though, silver did. We had a low of fifteen eighteen. Platinum was down seven at nine hundred and eighty two and palladium down big, almost four percent, twenty six bucks at six hundred and fifty three dollars. The USDX today, it was down most of the day. We're looking, I'm showing not a lot of change. 96.92, 96.92 on the dollar. Uh, crude oil today is down 0.48 at 46.11. And the paper markets today, I would expect them to be strong. 
And let's see if I am correct. Yes, I am. 165 to the upside on the Dow at 17,825. The NASDAQ was up 73 at 5127. The S&P was also up 24 at 2105. Uh, let's see, euro, just not much change, 110. Uh, Asian markets were down bigger than the European markets overnight. So that's it in a nutshell, Al. Well, I'll tell you what a judge told me one time. If the shell fits, wear it. Right, he was a speaker at one of our groups, and I said something, well, that's it, the nutshell, or I don't remember what I said, but I said, and the judge, he was he was the speaker. <laughs> he said, well, if the shell fits, wear it. And he had a big laugh out of that, and so did the audience, and I couldn't think of a single thing to say. No. no. So let's move on. I will say this, though. What's that? The, you know, it's uh, the markets, the, the paper markets have been on a tear for the last month. Oh, they have. Well, they almost recouped all their losses. Well, I understand. I think they're up something like fifteen hundred points. Mm-hmm. Dow is up fifteen hundred points in the last during the last month or so. Yeah. Um, do you have any pet theory as to explain what's happening? They've been able to push everything under the rug. And I thought the big deal was going to be the the debt, the the discussions of the budget, the discussion of the debt ceiling, and we saw what happened to that. In the wee hours of the morning, everybody signs the agreement, pats themselves on the back, and uh, they were able to uh, get, or they think, that uh, they now have two years. So it's just like... They have two years before before they have to deal with it in Congress. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have two years but, necessarily of free sailing in terms of the debt. And no, whatever, I think any can. But they have two years before they have to face up to it again. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's after all the elections. And uh, so, uh, and again, you know, all their, you know, everybody's beating their, you know, estimates and so forth, except for a few. And it's going into the holidays. I'm already seeing that you have, you know, everybody's looking forward to the black. Thursday or Friday or whatever it is, and and it's um, hey, there, there's nothing uh, bad going on. So it's part of the illusion they've been able to create. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, you know multinational corporations. You know, they go out, and they borrow money, and they buy back their shares. You know, it makes their stock stronger. So appear stronger. It makes their stock appear stronger. Well, for those uh, making the money on it, it is stronger. So, yeah. you know, it's certainly not the strength of the corporation. I get that, or even the management, although you have to say the management must be a little bit on the clever side in order to buy back their own shares. But um, so um, everybody, everything is it. against everything is against the truth that we hear and we talk about yeah. because it's all measured just the stock market. You know, and you talked about we don't have a country anymore. We have an economy. I think we don't have an economy anymore. We have a stock market. You can make that analogy, you know, that metaphor, whatever. Um, And there's a certain amount of truth in it. We are led to believe we have that stock market. But, you know, one of the things about it is that most most of the people who were in the stock market coming into 2007, 2008, most of the ordinary people, 
They were burned so bad, they bailed and they aren't coming. They have not yet come back. The stock market right now is mostly institutions, corporations, okay. government. All right? And they are maintaining an illusion to convince us that something good is happening for the people in government, something good is happening for the corporations and uh, whatever. But it's insofar as they're the ones that are keeping the books, it's like going to a casino in Las Vegas where the only betters are members of the casino. Um, they seem to be awfully successful. You know, they're winning a lot of their bets in their own casino, but you can't help but wonder if the casino's not rigged. Now, they're not going to let you play in that. Well, I won't say they won't let you play in that casino, but it's not, an, it's not a, a level playing field anymore. You get the computers are so predominant in the markets. <clears throat> it's very difficult for some individual to sit back and on his own make reliable, make reasonably reliable predictions about what's going on with individual stocks and so on and say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in this one. I'm going to invest. Computers are moving things backwards, forwards, up and down and for reasons that are not clearly even understood by the general public. Um, the whole thing becomes prohibitive. And ordinary investor can't expect to do well enough to profit in the current stock markets. Some people will, but majority will not. They're just going to be outsmarted by the computers and the professionals and whatever rigging is going on. Influence is taking place. And he just can't, you can't keep up as an individual. And that being the case, we can begin to wonder whether the Dow Jones really is an indicator of what's going on in this economy. Is it really a reliable indicator as to whether the economy is running hot, cold, or someplace in between? I mean, the American people are not really in that market to a significant degree. It's a psychology, It keeps the public opinion and, and keeps all of them in their little happy place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately... Unfortunately, a lot of those who do work, a lot of those who do have pension plans and retirement plans and 401s, they're the ones that will get hurt by all of this. Because I guarantee you, um, Mr. Obama will not be leaving office until those accounts are readdressed. I mean, what part of the... What program has he not messed up and changed? And they certainly will not allow those trillions of dollars sitting there to happily go to the people who own that money. And not when you're talking about Social Security. And now what's even interesting is it's actually, they're actually talking about that the, the, the Social Security is broke, that there's IOUs in there. And mm -hmm. so this is all conditioning of the people. It's all conditioning to get people over the the big hurdle that uh, they they're just now realizing that there's no money in there and you know maybe they won't be getting any more money in the future from this account but perhaps there will be a way to address it you know there's all these other plans out there that well you know what maybe the government can manage it better than the people and maybe we can do some sort of an annuity we're going to change it we're going we're here to help you
Oh, yeah. And, Kevin Sullivan's uh, here to help you. We're here to help you with your money. Especially. And that is exactly what's going any money, to we happen. Will, how heavy is your wallet? Allow me to carry your wallet. Allow me to assist. That's what government is essentially doing. They are volunteering to help carry your wallet or maybe your checkbook, too. Maybe even your your uh, your safety deposit box. And, oh, we got an overseas account. Yeah, they definitely want to help carry that one. Um, so it is coming, and they will address it. They will change the laws. They will regulate it. And uh, people really won't, you know, you know it, it, it's... They've, they've had shocks. I mean, the, you know, the the 2008 and 9 when people, when the Dow went to, down to uh, 6,000, people were shocked, and now they brought it back, and uh, they brought it back from the dead basically, and now people will be very, you know, they start seeing that stock market go down. They're just being conditioned, and they don't even know it. But anyway, well, I agree. I agree. Uh, I got an article here. <clears throat> from the Associated Press, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about this me- Russian metro jet that crashed in Egypt. And the headline is Metro Jet Exec says external impact caused Egyptian plane crash. Only an external impact could have caused a Russian plane to dive into the Egyptian desert, killing all 224 people on board, its Russian operator said Monday, adding to the series of confusing statements from investigators that left unclear why the plane broke up in mid-flight. In Washington, James Clapper, the U.S. Director of National Intelligence, said that while there is no direct evidence of any terrorist involvement yet, it couldn't be excluded that the plane was brought down by Islamic State extremists in Sinai. In fact, the Islamic State, ISIS, ISIL, whatever name they go by, they have claimed responsibility for bringing this this jet uh, jet plane down, causing it to crash. Whether they really did or they're just trying to claim credit uh, for something they had nothing to do with, that remains to be seen, but they have at least claimed credit for bringing a Russian jet down in the Sinai. And I look at that, and I, well, I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't know that we're going to find out. I mean, we'll be able to determine, they'll be able to tell whether this airplane was brought down by some sort of an explosive device or some missile or whatever, they'll be able to figure this out if they care to. They'll, they'll find shrapnel and debris and holes in the fuselage and whatever. They can figure it out if they have to. But who, if there was a missile, who fired it? All right? There's a question. ISIS takes credit for it. Did they really fire it? Is it a false flag operation? Who really did this? It'll be very difficult to figure this out. But... If ISIS is truly responsible, you got to ask yourself if ISIS has some sort of a death wish. Because the Russians have just stepped into Syria and bombed the poo out of a bunch of these people that are working with the Islamic State and set them back dramatically. And now they've knocked down a Russian jet carrying 214 people, 224 people. I think that will only make Russia that much more angry. 
Um, and they'll say, all right, you SOBs, we're going to fix you now. We're going to fix you good. You got 224 people in one of our in one of our uh, transports. Guess what? You're going to lose 10 times that many Islamic states personnel on the ground. I don't know what Russia is going to do, but it just strikes me this was ill-advised. If ISIS did this, they claim to have done it. If they really did, this was very ill-advised, in my opinion. They may be saying, look, we can show, we're going to show Russia we're not afraid of you. That may be their intent, but this is, you are poking a bear. You understand? Who would you have my... be very fast or a very good are very strong because you do not want to mess with the bear because the bear won't fool around. Who has the most to gain from initiating the, um, by saying that ISIS was the one who did it, by, for them taking claim? Who has the most to gain from that? Well, it may be some, some foolish member of ISIS thought, we can take credit for this. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I know. There are a couple. There's alternatives. Who who has the most to gain? Mm Mm-hmm. Wouldn't the U.S. have the most to gain? I don't see that. If ISIS ISIS, uh, uh, claimed it, and like what you said, Russia would certainly respond accordingly. Somebody's head is going to roll, and probably a couple dozen heads are going to roll. Who would be the most to gain? It would be the U.S., wouldn't it? I don't know about that because one of the things that's going to happen is this would galvanize, presumably, this is going to make Russia mad. Up until now, they've just been, you know, just, they just got into this. But now it's personal. This is going to change, potentially change their enthusiasm for killing ISIS members. And quickly, their ability to kill those ISIS members has been an embarrassment to the United States government. All of a sudden, they're in there, and there's a couple of weeks. They're making real headway while we're, oh, what to do, what to do. Obama can't make up his mind what color to paint the bombs. You know, we've got, can't be sending red bombs, not green bombs, blue bombs, maybe blue What color? He's diddling around and fussing at trivialities, and the Russians are just saying, we're going to kill these people. Now they're going to kill a lot of these people, and I'm guessing that would tend to embarrass the government of the United States even further. So who knows? It may be that this thing went down. It may be Saudi Arabia. Well, who said we can drop this thing, make ISIS take claim credit for it, and the Russians will kill more members of ISIS? Well, Frank, the producer, sent something over, and he said just last week, D.C. said to Russia that because of their attacks on ISIS, they will get terrorist attacks. Here it is. I can't say Russia's surprised by that necessarily, but just, you know, the flip side is <laughs> somebody better send, they ought to send a message to ISIS that because of terrorist attacks on Russia, you're going to get bombed big time. All right. So who knows how it's all going to shape up? I don't know. Um, but it's an interesting story, in part because it's still a mystery. Who's re- what happened? Who is responsible? We'll find out. We'll get more information over the next days and weeks. Let's take a break for some commercial announcements. Melody and I will be back on Financial Survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned.
heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kits. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188. What's next? Melody. Well, I want to remind the listeners we got a great little package going today, and the prices did fall back. I have an AU $5 Liberty Gold piece, an AU $5 Liberty Gold piece. It's a great little fractional piece uh, uh, for those of you who are looking to diversify into some smaller coins. And $25 face value, 90% quarters. This includes all your shipping costs for $700. 1-800-375-4188. And I will go over this once again. Al, remind me before the end of the program of uh, this special today. Make sure you visit our website at dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com, and make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter. And you can listen to the program from the website and also the archives. Do you have any idea what the legal limit may be on the number of times you can say and in the same commercial? I don't know, Al. We're going to have to look into that. But let's go I'm ahead. Sure, and let's... I don't know if there is a legal limit at this time, but I think they're working on it. 
Well, perhaps there's probably some legal limits on some other things, too, that well, I could probably... You know, I'm, not, that, I'm, not, uh, I'm not very much impressed by their legal limits. I was just curious. But, uh, you know, oftentimes I hear things, too, that are said repeatedly. But uh, anyway, let's Frank, get to... Frank, the producer, is that what well, you're talking about? Well, not hardly, but uh, anyway... What else could it possibly be? I wouldn't know, Al. Anyway... Let's get to the emails today. We have one coming in about Russia. And I want to remind folks, too, that you can send us any questions at the website at questions at dgscoins.com, questions at dgscoins.com. Any questions for the program would be great. And, of course, you can always call in, too, if you have a question. And that call-in number is 1-800-932-1980. That's 1-800-932-1980. And uh, we don't... We don't mention it very often, but we do like callers, and we do appreciate uh, those that do call. This is in uh, from a listener. He says, uh, note to Al, he says, Russia is not the Soviet Union. It is a second-rate power with an economy smaller than Italy's. Russia estimates are damaged to ISIS are big on bragging and low on truth. ISIS is a tough force. A second-rate nation like Russia won't take it out, and the headway isn't much. Putin is Mussolini, version 2.0. And uh, we talked a little bit about this on the break. Go ahead. Well, just I disagree that Putin is Mussolini, uh, too. Mussolini was a big braggart and the rest of that sort of thing. I get the impression, my impression of Putin is he's, he's for real. It doesn't mean that he has unlimited power, but he does... He is willing to exercise the power that he has. He's not just BSing his way through it. He's not just trying to create illusions. Um, that's that's my reading of Putin. We'll watch and see. I mean, what happens to ISIS as a result of this this apparent attack on the on the Metrojet in uh, in in Egypt? What happens to them? Will to some degree it'll be a measure of whether Putin is for real or not. It'll be a measure of just how strong are the Russian military. Um, can we can we yank their tail? Is it true that we can get away with poking the Russian bear? Um, I'm not convinced that's true to call Russia a second-rate power. I don't think that's accurate either. I don't think that's I don't think that's a fair characterization. Um, I don't know the size of their economy per se, but I'm I'm sure they're in the top ten, the world's top ten. Plus, they have significant military capability. They have they have lots a considerable number of intercontinental ballistic missiles. They have a considerable number of nuclear weapons. Uh, they are not to be taken lightly. The Italians, I don't know, you know, I mean, whoever paid real attention to the, the, the Italians have not been a significant fighting force since since the fall of the Roman Empire. They never did seem to recover to a significant degree. They're there, but... Well, he's just know. talking about the economy. I get that. Well, he's talking about the economy, but he's also comparing to Mussolini. Mussolini was leading a different kind of army. It wasn't the Roman gladiators. It wasn't the same kind of army and military that I assume Putin is leading and controlling, commanding. Um, So it's going to be interesting. 
In fact, everyone who gets, and when we talk about second-rate powers, you know, we're going to find out who really has enough money to keep playing this game in the Middle East. And it's not absolutely clear that the United States has enough money to keep playing this game in the Middle East. They may not have, you know, we have wasted so much in Iraq and Afghanistan. Do we have enough left for another go at ISIS? Or have we, have we exhausted our resources? You know, we can build them back up doesn't mean that they're exhausted forever. But there, there are articles in the paper that indicate, you know, you'll see them on the Internet. How accurate they are remains to be seen. But they'll tell you that the military is short on morale. Uh, equipment is depreciated compared to what we would hope for ideally. We have to think in terms of fighting one major war where previously we used to think in terms of fighting two at the same time. Now we're thinking in terms of only fighting one at the, you know, one major war and maybe a couple of skirmishes on the side. We are also being debilitated by the costs of invading country after country after country. The idea of playing global policemen. This is not a free lunch. It's not cause for celebration. It's, it's diminishing our military. It's costing us a lot of money. And I don't know how much good we're getting back for it. I'm sure some people would argue we're getting a lot. Even though we're not fighting in some countries, we have military stationed there. We wind up getting some sort of cooperation out of their governments. I don't know. Is the game worth the candle? And we're going to find, you know, these, these little events like Metrojet goes down in Egypt. All right, we're going to find out. What will Russia do? I'm guessing they're going to slap ISIS around with a great deal more enthusiasm than they have in the past. I'm seeing that as a possibility, but what if I'm wrong? Does that indicate Russia is a paper tiger? Uh, I'll believe it when I see it, but I won't believe it until then, so blah, blah, blah. What do you think, Molly? Well, I think it's real difficult in today's world to really weed through between what's propaganda and as we look for cert, as we look for truth. But George Soros, he's one of the elite, and particularly when you have a world that's going towards a new world order, it's not new anymore, it's a, to, to a world order, to this globalization connection. George Soros talked about um, how pushing Putin into a corner he will save face and he will react uh, for his country and the country will expect him to. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't underestimate um, Putin. And he might not, they might not be the power as they once were, but again, you, I'm not even sure I, when, when, the, when the email that comes in and the author says that Russia is not the former Soviet Union. Putin is, though. Well, well, what I'm getting to, it's not necessarily a disability. You know, when you try to put all of those diverse nations together and juggle all those balls at the same time, you're so busy because with the diversity that you don't have time to focus. On the other hand, a relative, a comparatively small nation with a certain amount of power and a great deal of focus, it might be far more effective than the amorphous, diverse former Soviet Union. 
Maybe they couldn't get it to move. Or it's too big. Too many parts. They couldn't put them all together and get them to all work at the same time. But Russia, all by itself, you know, maybe it's maybe it's more dangerous in its own way. And part of the Kool-Aid that I wouldn't drink is we keep hearing how bad Russia is. And, you know, to me, that's where a lot of the propaganda is that comes out of the U.S. and telling us what type of, you know, Russia is and their strength and, you know, they're, that they're, you know, behind everything. I mean, we certainly have seen Russia put Obama in his place how many times? Two times? Three times? And, and certainly they're going to react with, you know, stories and propaganda and so forth. But, um I don't think anybody's been successful at pushing Russia around in the last several years. And I you know, always stand to be corrected, but I don't uh, think anybody's had any real success. Russia has its own agenda. It doesn't doesn't rule the world, but it's there like a, you know, it's there like a cast iron block of steel sitting in a particular location. Better not kick it because you're just going to break your toe. That's all that's going to happen. Um, unless you've got awfully powerful toes. You know, one of the other things about this, though, is that impressions of Putin and impressions of Russia, of, of the sort that I hold, I hold them, I think they're, I think they're fairly strong. Maybe I'm mistaken. But nevertheless, the, those, those impressions are widespread. And Putin is to some degree caught between if he's been bluffing about how strong Russia is, he is now caught between the Russian reality and the Russian bluff. He's got to do something about this jet. If it turns out, if consensus is that the jet was knocked down by ISIS, he's got to do something. He's got to live up to the illusion. Regardless if it even is, and if he fails to live up to his illusion, it'll be revealed that he's much less. So he's, what I'm trying to illustrate is he has a certain reality. He also has, he may have a certain illusion. He wants to maintain that illusion. But can he? I mean, Barack Obama wants to maintain a certain illusion. The United States of America wants to maintain a certain illusion. But can we? A lot of people are being called to kind of put up or shut up. And not just in the arena, arena of war, but in the arena of economics. You get into what's happening with our dollar, what's happening with the uh, the interest rates set by the Fed. Is oh, maybe in December, oh, maybe in January, oh, maybe in March, and so on. We're getting to a point where somebody's going to have to put up or shut up. And the public is... I think the public is becoming increasingly aware of the lies and the illusions, increasingly skeptical, perhaps even contemptuous. What's the truth? Whatever it is, just tell us the truth where we can deal with the truth. Would somebody please just give us the truth? Then we can deal with it. It's the illusions that are driving us nuts. So, what's next, Melody? Do we have enough time? Yeah, we got four minutes left on the until uh, we go to break. Uh, Pennsylvania is having a little bit of a time with their four-month budget standoff. Mm-hmm. Associated Press says state-subsidized pre-kindergarten programs are shutting down. Domestic violence shelters are closing their doors. 
Pennsylvania school districts are begging for more time to pay their bills, all because of a four-month budget stalemate that shows no signs of ending. County governments and local state uh, and local school boards waiting on billions of dollars in state aid are burning through loans and emptying reserves. Some social services or some social services organizations are shuttering programs and laying off hundreds of workers who care for the state's most vulnerable populations. There's more to the article, but that's enough. And my point is we see a domino effect here. The state government is having a budget problem. All right, they can't get two sides to agree, and therefore nobody's doing anything. Money is not going out to the local the school and county and city governments, districts, and the state. And there's a domino effect because the state government isn't generating the money or releasing the money needed to fund these other entities. These, these other entities, these lower entities can't function. There's rising unemployment. There's less services for people that are vulnerable. This is just, to me, another illustration of what can't be paid won't be paid. It's another one of those leaves in the breeze. We use that analogy on a regular basis. How many other cities or states, like Illinois, for example, are in similar, are in similar conditions of financial distress? How long before those dominoes also begin to work with the dominoes out of Pennsylvania and maybe California and I have no idea how many other states that are in financial stress, how many uh, before they collectively begin to weigh on the federal government and push the federal government toward a moment when they have to admit, gee, we can't pay all the bills. We're insolvent. We can pay some of them, but we can't pay them all. Technically, if they have to make that admission, they are bankrupt. Technically, I would argue they've been bankrupt throughout most of my life. If they weren't, why do they need to keep borrowing? Talked about this last week. The national debt is just prima facie evidence that the government is broke. The reason they borrow more money is they can't pay their bills unless they borrow money. That means, you know, you can't pay it out of tax revenue. You can't pay it out of savings. You have to borrow more money in order to pay your existing bills. What's that tell us? You're broke. You're broke. All right? This is the sort of thing that is evidence. It, we have problems. We all do. We have problems where all of a sudden one of the kids needs braces or we have some other emergency and we have to borrow money in order to get, get us through a difficult time. We go see the banker. Uh, we have to borrow money. It doesn't prove we're broke. We just have an emergency we have to deal with. We'll be able to pay this off. That's not what we're dealing with with the federal government right now. We have persistently increased the national debt Increased it and increased it dramatically since we went into a pure fiat currency back after 1971. They closed the gold window on foreign-held dollars. There's already been closed, gold window closed in this country, 33, gold silver window closed by 1968. Since then, in the 40-odd years since then, we've gone deeper and deeper into debt, into debt, into debt. Barack Obama has allegedly doubled the national debt, or at least the national debt has, has nearly doubled while he's been in office. You don't have to need, you don't need a PhD in economics to understand this cannot work long term. You can't just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into debt. 
sooner or later, you're going to have to keep doing that. And sooner or later, you're going to have to admit, gee, we can't pay our bills. And when they finally make that admission, you have to repudiate some of your debt or you go to inflation, massive inflation, to get out from under it, to um, pay off your debt with cheaper dollars. But those are the government's two options. Increasingly, they either have to repudiate existing debt or cause massive inflation. So far, they've been unsuccessful at causing inflation. We're past the break time, Al. Well, we are. Mm-hmm. I'll be darned. What does that mean, Melody? Well, it means Frank gets to play the piano again. One of those Frank times. Frank always eager to play the piano. All right, we'll be back in a moment on financial survival. The debt's too big to be paid, and sooner or later we're going to face that fact. When we do, there's going to be trouble. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on financial survival. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Folks, Alfred Addis, Melody Cedarstrom, Financial Survival. What's next, Melody? Oh, well, you want to talk a little bit about China, maybe, Let's perhaps? That. Let's do that. Gerald Salente was interviewed just recently and the, uh, one of the, on a number of topics, and one of them that he spoke about was China. And uh, he actually um, 
he'd sent some he'd sent out a report called entitled Broken China Global Meltdown. Now according to Salente, China's debt level uh, just as they were joining the World's Trade Organization in 2001, was about $2 trillion. Now it's almost $30 trillion. That's, that's a growth of almost $2 trillion per year. All right? China did the same thing the United States did, that Japan did, that Europe is doing. Quantitative easing and Ponzi schemes based on borrowed money, leverage, and speculation. Now, for me, it's a real surprise to learn that China's official debt of $30 trillion is even greater than the U.S. government's official debt of $18, $19 trillion now. For I have assumed, mistakenly, that China had some sort of budget surplus, when what they really had was a trade surplus. We've heard all these stories about China buying gold, right? It indicated that they had surplus money in their economy, at least to me. We've heard that China was running a trade imbalance that was positive for China and negative for the United States. Um, I assumed that China was coming out ahead on this. Turns out China has actually run up a debt of $30 trillion in the last 15 years. That's not double the official U.S. debt, but it's still considerable, and it's surprising me. Um, I'd assume that while Japan, the United States, European Union were deeply indebted, China, with all its gold and positive trade balance, was the one major country in the world that was not indebted. Based on that assumption, I made a second assumption. that China's vested interests as a creditor or opposed to the vested interests of Japan, the United States, the European Union, and other overly indebted uh, uh, nations. I thought that China might have 10,000 tons of gold. A lot of reports ran that way, and I'm not convinced that they don't have something like that, but they've recently claimed that they've only got in excess of 1,000 tons, if I understand correctly. But we'd speculation was that they had accumulated 10,000 tons of gold, evidence of their surplus wealth. And they plan to use that gold to create a new gold-based currency that would sweep the world. Wanted to back their renminbi with gold. And we saw a billboard in Indonesia where they were advertising the renminbi, and they did it with a gold coin. Billboard along the highway, right? China was saying, listen, this is what they're trying to get. They wanted to be the world's alternative world reserve currency. But, silly me, now I find out that China, like Japan, the United States, and the European Union, is also a major debtor rather than a creditor. In fact, China's debt is so great that it will never be repaid, just like ours. Apparently, China's government and central bankers are just as big a bunch of treasonous whores and self-serving fools as we have in Washington, D.C. The world has no national creditors worth mentioning. Everybody is, or we are virtually all debtors now, and that's not a surprise exactly, because we have a debt-based monetary system. But for me, the implications are enormous. Now I see that all four of the major economies of the world, the United States, European Union, Japan, and China, all four of them are debtors. 
and all owe more than they are ever likely to be able to repay. That means all four major economies and political powers in the world have a common vested interest in repudiating most or even all of their governmental debts. And that means, at least to me, that there is an increased probability that a moment is coming when the four major world economies simultaneously announce a secret agreement to repudiate some or all of their existing debts, re reset the global economy where every government starts out debt-free. That moment will probably include a new global monetary system. The new and improved monetary system will probably be debt-based and founded on, on special drawing rights from the, the International Monetary Fund. But it could be that in the chaos that follows the repudiation of most government debt, the people of the world will connect the dots and realize that they've been robbed by the current debt-based monetary system based on petrodollars and refuse to accept a newer debt-based monetary system based on special drawing rights. If so, there's a chance in maybe five that the global repudiation of government debts will be followed by a new asset-based monetary system that's ultimately built on a foundation of gold and or silver. In any case, I'd bet that when the moment of global government debt repudiation arrives, the price of gold will skyrocket, either because, one, the world's people won't trust another debt-based monetary system, another debt-based currency, and will therefore scramble to preserve whatever wealth they still have by investing it in gold or silver, or, two, because a new gold-based currency won't work without raising the price of gold by a factor of at least 25, maybe 50, maybe more. If they come around, if time does come, I know that the system, the new world order, does not want a gold-based monetary system. But they've got to have some kind of system. And if the public realizes how badly they have been defrauded by a debt-based monetary system, which is what we have right now, and what they have in Europe, and what they have in China, and what they have in Japan. Once, if the public realizes how badly they've been defrauded by this debt-based monetary system, they're going to say, heck no, don't give us another debt-based monetary system. And they may not expect, uh, they may not accept special drawing rights from the IMF as a basis for the new and improved debt-based monetary system. And even if the world does get another debt-based monetary system, I'm going to bet that there's a black market among people who have brains enough to see what's going on where they say, all right, let's do a little business in gold. I'll give you some gold, you give me that truck. I'll give you some silver, you give me that house. I think there's going to be, however this goes down, it seems to me that we're headed for some sort of a currency problem where we finally have to admit, look, this debt-based monetary system, this doesn't work. It can't continue. We can't solve our problems by going deeper and deeper and deeper into debt. And that's been the government's solution to the problem. We'll just borrow more money. That's all. Very <laughs> simple. We'll just borrow. How hard can it be? Need more money? Just borrow it. Everybody knows we're good for it. No, they don't. We had an event several years ago where the government held an auction for U.S. bonds, and no one was bidding. 
All right. They expect to just move these bonds at basically at full face value. And the private bidders that were there weren't even where they weren't even paying attention. And it appeared that they were they would not buy the US government bonds until the price fell significantly. I I don't know if it had to fall by a third or not. They never got to that point, but rather than take a chance on creating evidence in the market that private investors were no longer willing to lend money to the United States, the government of the United States, the government shut the auction down and said, that's it, we're not going to auction these bonds today. And after that, the Federal Reserve was called on to start buying U.S. Treasuries, the majority of U.S. Treasuries, which is what they've done. And much to their chagrin, they are now at a point where I'm not sure that the Federal Reserve can buy any more U.S. bonds. I know the federal government can't sell any more, a significant number of them. They're still selling some, but not a significant number to private, in, to private investors. Why? People doubt that the debt can be repaid. There's no point to lending money to bankrupt, somebody who's bankrupt. If he can't pay his existing debts, what makes you think he's going to pay any additional debts to you or me? And the world is kind of at that point. And if it turns out the Federal Reserve can't lend much more money to the United States government, and private investors won't lend much more money to the United States government, particularly at 0% interest rates or near zero, then how do we avoid that moment when government has to say, oh, gee, guess what? I don't have enough money for your entitlement programs. <laughs> you people on welfare are going to have to go hungry this month. And you guys on schools and school loans or whatever, yeah, you can forget that. We don't have that either. And we're going to have to start pulling our military back from where? Japan, South Korea? Afghanistan, Iraq, because, gee, we were, were a little bit, little bit short this month. We're coming to this moment when we're going to have to admit that the debt-based monetary system doesn't work. And my main point to this, 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 this little segment here that we're talking about is it turns out that China, much to my surprise, is as big a debtor as anybody else, maybe bigger which means all four major economies, Europe, United States, Japan, China, all of them, four major economies of the world, they are all in enormous debt and in debt, too deep in debt to repay the debt. They have, therefore, a common interest in repudiating that debt. How they're going to do it remains to be seen. But they're going to have to do it, and maybe they can devise a scheme where they can repudiate the debt, and they can do it in a way that they can control, or maybe one of the four economies, Europe, United States, Japan, China, one of them finally just breaks down and says, I can't pay my debts. And when they do, maybe it starts an avalanche. Maybe one leads to another, leads to another, leads to the fourth. It's hard to say, but this system can't work. You can't treat debts as if they were assets. Uh, you can't rely on that. You can't have it as your foundation for your system. You've got to have assets, and then it's real. Without assets, it's an illusion. It's false. It's fictional. So, I don't know. I, 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 
again, I had thought China would be the one creditor nation who would balance against the rest of the debtors and maybe try to do the right thing. Now I see creditor down now, according to these reports we're receiving, if they're $30 trillion in debt, they're not going to do the right thing. They can't do the right thing. They're broke. And Gerald Salente, you know, he warned, he gave us a certain amount of warning in his article. He says, look, China's broke. He does go on. How much time have we got left? Two minutes. He says, China's greatest fear is uh, citizen revolts. <clears throat> he points out that they have uh, 1.2, maybe 1.3 billion um, people, and they have 30 to 40,000 incidents, public protests, and strikes against the Chinese government per year. They were, and now they stopped reporting how many they have. That indicates that the number has grown. If the number had fallen, China would, the government would stand up and brag about, hey, we used to have 100, that's 100 a day, 100 strikes, anti-government protests per day. We never had anything like that during the Vietnam War. We had protests, we had problems, but it wasn't 100 a day. China's getting 100 a day that they admit to, they were admitting to, and now they won't reveal the number. This is more evidence that China is perhaps a paper tiger. They have demographic problems, they have resource problems, they have pollution problems, and they have economic problems, <clears throat> and now debt problems. How are they going to get out of this? I don't think China, uh, again, and we've sensed this, talked about it on the program over the, over the last couple of years, I think China's overrated. I think they have too many problems, and they are too vulnerable, and you just give them a good shove, and I think they'll fall over. So we had earlier reports on uh, Russia's a second-rate nation. I think Russia will still be standing when China is, 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 has disintegrated, but we'll watch and see. I want to thank all of you for listening. We're out of time. Melody and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. All night I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a friend. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663.
International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three W's.thepowerherbs.com. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free 866-229-3663 that's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Wendy Wilson, hope you had a great day. Well, here we are in Herb Talk, and we're here to empower you. That's what we like to do. Magical engineer Frank and I are ready to roll, and thanks for joining us here on the American, <coughs> excuse me, the American Voice Radio Network. All right, we're going to be talking about the elderly a little bit today. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of grew up with my grandparents around a whole lot, so I'm really sympathetic to the elderly, and, and um so we're going to talk about some things that we can do to help them and improve quality of life and reduce their falls. They fall way too much. Also, we're going to be talking about the brain a little bit tonight. And if we get time, we may talk about some viruses that um, we can deal with for the flu season, cold winter months. we got lots to talk about. 
but and we got a quack report, but before we get all that stuff going, I want to say a big salute and semper fi to our righteous men and women in uniform. And, yeah, as you know, I seek the Lord's face every day. Pray, hit the knees. Um, okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.